I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. host this evening ryan reed feels as though i haven't done a podcast in about a month and a half welcome back ryan reed we are excited to be here tonight and talk a little musky fishing but before we get into our topic this evening who do we have on the zoom call we're going to start with the one the only nick Fiesler. fiesler good evening Good evening. Been chugging maple syrup in preparation for the Great Canada migration. There you go. There I'm you go. Hopped up on Mountain Dew. It's the cover scent. You you need to like exude Canadianness through your through your pores. Once them boys get that maple syrup in them. That's right. <laughs> we also have on the call tonight. We have the one and only Mister Nate. Buddha, 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 Love the show. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Can't, can't wait to hear about your trip. Can't quit it. Can't quit you. <laughs> we were scrambling to find another hunk in the absence of Mr. One Tom Venata and one Donnie Swing tonight. <laughs> and we had to we had to go to the bullpen and pull, pull Nate Butt up from the minors. It's been hard enough getting podcasts done this summer with everyone's schedules and vacations and work and kids and man, it's been it's been tough. But thank you, Nate, for stepping in here tonight. Nate, when the hunks call, you flip an answer. There you go. We we also have on the line tonight the one and only Mister Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here. And it's nice to have Ryan back to do the introduction because I struggled with the intro while he was uh, he was missing there for a couple of weeks. So, well, Ryan, welcome back, brother. Owen's just not Yinzy enough. See, I it's not that hard. You just got to you got to just be willing to sound like an idiot and do, you know, say stupid things and it's all good. I'm getting used to that. I wouldn't yeah. say sound like an idiot. Some of my favorite people like throw the yins around like. Like it's second nature. Yeah, well, that's we're right at home. We're right at home with that. So, what's uh, what's on the what's on the skillet for tonight? What are we gonna get into? Owen, you want to take that? Well, I know we were gonna talk for uh, a brief bit about Nate's trip to Nipissing because he uh, he you know we talked the pre the pre Nipissing trip and he just got back. He and his dad were up there, so we're gonna ask him a little bit of thoughts on that. Uh, I have a big announcement for those of you who are not, uh, you know, don't follow my Instagram, but I have made a made a boat purchase. So we are going to we're going to talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we will we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Ryan, you went to uh, on a fairly significant trip here and went to St. Clair, right? That is correct. And we we had we had been begging to have Tom on here this week because we know we still have yet to be able to discuss his big fish. 
But again, you know, our schedules have just been crazy this summer. So we'll, next next episode, we will certainly get Tom on and talk about his fish. Those of you who haven't heard, he caught a big he caught a big in. He caught a big in out there uh, in on Dan Dan up down, the, down, down, down the big up the river, big boy on his on his own bait. Yeah, absolutely. With, with the big O tickler. So we uh <laughs> we I was looking forward to hearing that story, and I can't wait. To, I really haven't heard it in a lot of detail. So maybe he's sworn to secrecy. Yeah, Some so, sort of so li- listeners will have to tune in tune in next time to hear about Tom's big big old fish. Maybe Tom's so, being held hostage. I don't know. I heard he made me. I heard he was a guest on another podcast tonight. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna definitely pitch that one too. Once we get love. more details, we gotta pitch that one too. I'm gonna listen hey, to that. I got a little. We got a little detail on it earlier, but not much. And I'm very excited for him. I think so. What do you call that tickler? By the way, turtle, the turtle crick. tickler. A turtle crick tickler. Triple T tickler. Down the crick. Down the crick tickler. A turtle crick tickler. Down the Crick Tickler. Oh, you almost down in the ding when you when you're talking about that. Hey, down in the ding. Nickel. I can give you a nickel to tickle my pickle. In's getting down the ding. I don't know what you're talking about. Double nickel tick, pickle tickler. Stanley P. Kachaski. Special sauce is good food. <laughs> good food. All right, let's start. We got to start somewhere here, or else we're we're already off the rails. And I'm yeah, I haven't already. been around to keep yins on the rails, so let's go. Don't tell us about your uh, uh, trip there. Yeah, let's hear about the trip because I, let, let's just you know let's set the stage for our listeners set in the, the sense mood, that if you will set the mood. Turn the lights yeah, let's, down let's, low. Let's maybe Come put on, on a little music. Listening. You know, yeah. light a fire. We can start with Saint Clair, but and uh, you know Ryan Ryan gets invited on this exclusive trip in the sense that there's not many spots on a legend's boat like Todd Leoparty and Ryan now for the second time has been invited to join the legend Todd Leoparty and go to Lake St. Clair and fish with him and his family and you know he's now part of the crew so it's such a cool thing to be to, to hear about so let me hear about the trip so let you me. Guys, you guys run all wileys while you're up there, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's. Uh, Did you see so a big O in there? Huh? Yeah. No. There's. Uh, there's. I actually didn't take. I, you want to know something funny? I didn't take a single trolling bait with me on that trip. I bet you did. Would have got tossed over. Right. Did you guys? Yeah. Did you guys cast Pirates? at all? Skit. Uh no. But I'll I'll get into some of the the devil okay. in the detail. But before I start, I just want to say. You know, this has been kind of an interesting thing for me because years back going to musky max talking to guys like todd leoparty at the show and really like i would say 2020 is when i started really getting into like more leos and running mojos and and then eventually to the magnums and it's just kind of one of those things where it was it was a very cool thing for me to have these conversations and then, you know, you guys remember Todd invited me out to do the shop tour and um, just over the last couple of years, kind of establishing a relationship with Todd and his family. It's just a really cool thing for me. You guys know. Come on, you've history. been part of like family dinners and stuff like. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. It's it's cool. And, you know, you guys realize like 
we look when you get into the sport of musky fishing, you have a tendency to look up to guys, right? Like guys that have been doing this a long time. And Todd has a very storied history on, on, on Lake St. Clair. And so much so that if you are, if you go to musky max and stop at his booth, he typically has photo albums there from all the, the trips um, that they've taken. And, and they've had some really epic days. Like I'm talking 35, 37 fish, something like that, you know, fish days, out on St. Clair where they're catching multiple fifties and, you know, it's just one of those things. Like there's so much history there and you guys know I'm a big advocate of, of Pennsylvania made baits. Like, you know, my YouTube stuff started with fishing PA. Like I got into this thing where I kind of focus on trolling PA made baits. So establishing the relationship with Todd and Joey and, you know, being good friends with them now, I pretty much talk to him like every day, which is wild you know, to me, and then getting a, a second opportunity to go fish Lake St. Clair. Like this was a very special thing for me and it was a big deal. So we got to do this year was a little different than last year. Last year, we told a couple horror stories from, from the great city of Detroit. From Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this year we were able to cross the border into Canada and uh, stay along the Bell River at, have you guys ever heard of La, the Lapeat? La Petite Dragon. Sex toy or lore. <laughs> so <laughs> I've heard about this place on like different podcasts. Exactly. I've, and I've, let me and let me just go ahead and say that it isn't the La Petite Dragon. It's it's La, La Petite, Petite, Petite Dragon. La Petite Dragon. Right. You so, don't say the No, but it's well, whatever. Um, I'm Western no, Pennsylvania. Down here down here in Pittsburgh. Down here in Pittsburgh, we talk about the Lamont. The Lamont. <laughs> Yin's, it's, Yin's, Yin's gonna have dinner up to Lamont. Oh my goodness! It's someone's anniversary or what? That's to, exactly to, right. To quote one of my favorite lines from Canadian Bacon, I don't know if you know this, but Canada has two official languages. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, it was a complete and utter difference. Like I could not believe how different it is on the Canadian side versus the American side, and in, in, in and around Detroit. Like staying where we stayed, we were literally a quarter of the mile, a quarter mile away from the Bell River Marina in the launch. And there's everything right there. There's like a Tim Hortons right there. You can walk and have breakfast. Like there's a convenience store if you need ice and every, you know, whatever else you need there. Like it is set up perfect. And you go and you pay basically a launch fee daily and you can launch right there and you're on the water. Um, for where we were fishing and where we fished last year, this was night and day because now instead of taking an hour plus ride across that giant lake to get into Canada and down, you know, you're right there. You're, you're out on the lake and you're basically fishing. So this year was, it was really cool. Like we got to launch at a bell river and we got four, essentially four full days on the water. We went Wednesday, we got up there, we were on the water by probably, I don't know. I would say maybe one, two o'clock and we got to fish till dark, um, which is the other thing. If you guys stay on the American side around Detroit, all of the launches close early and you have to be back by like five or six to get out of the, the launch before they lock the gate. So really in this scenario, we can fish till dark. And we did like every night we fish till dark, dark. So that's like the every time I've looked at that Canadian side, it's kind of like nice, like suburban sprawl oh, it's beautiful dude it is yeah, not, yeah it's it's not like detroit uh urban nice, 
Yeah, like nice housing. Everybody's it's just a really nice area. And I will say La Petite Dragon for being a motel. It was super clean. Like I didn't have any concerns about anything. Like when we were in St. Clair Shores, like our door, like our room had holes in the wall and like the door didn't lock. And like, it was just like all this random stuff. <laughs> a and, nice place. Yeah. It was just way better <laughs> there. And I can tell you guys like Wendy, the owner of La Petite Dragon, she, she's been doing it. I think she said since 19, I want to say 87, 88, something like that. Wow. And, and the Leos have been going since like nine. Shout out Wendy. Yeah, like 91, 92. So what's wild is Wendy has like a really good relationship with Leo and Joey. She has like Joey's high school hockey pictures hanging in the office. And like all these pictures of the like so cool. Todd and Joey like holding fish. Like they're just super close. So it was a really cool deal, man. We, we got there. It was just like super easy, super nice. No problems. We got right through the border. Had a really cool like border agent chick too. And I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. She was like asking all these questions and she's like, you guys are going musky fishing. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I got, we got, my dad has a house on the lake and we've been musky fishing, trying to catch a musky there for years and we just can't get him to bite and all this stuff. And like Todd's like, oh, really? He's like, he's like, hey, Chris, grab a business card and a yeah. sticker out of the door. Like, give her so, a couple lures. <laughs> he, yeah, he like handed her a business card and a sticker. He's like, you just call me if you need anything. Just let me know. I make lures and this and that. And it was like. It was like easy breezy. Like we were in and out of there. You know, do you guys, let me ask you this. Do you guys, when you haul your boat up there, if you haul your boat up there, there's a form you have to get. And I think it's like an I 90. Wait, what? There's a, there's a form you have to get. And I can't remember what it is. It's like an I something 80 or 90. And what it is, is it's, you fill this out and they give you, I think a sticker to put on your boat. And that prevents the gate, like the Canadian game commission, whatever they're called from stopping you on the water. Cause they'll like scope you and see that sticker and they'll already know you're registered. The boat's registered to be in the country. I had no idea this was a thing. Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, Maybe. I mean, we need to learn this because yes. we're leaving in a week and a half. That's we why did I, the, I, I did not up. do that. Yeah, I've no. never, never heard of doing that. And she, the way she explained it to us was it was a CYA, like just so you don't have to deal with being stopped on the water. I wonder if that's because it's like water that's accessible for both countries. Maybe. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I don't know if you would need that for NIP, but like if you were, if you did it, they really wouldn't stop you is my understanding because they're, they would already be able to look that up and see that you like registered at the border and all that. So yeah, we did that and it only took like five minutes. Like he was in and out of there. So I was like really impressed with the border crossing this time. We, so we get all the way up there, we get everything prepped and you know, we get out onto the water and just like last year, we had very heavy winds, very heavy winds. And it was extremely difficult to work eight rods in that spread with not only the rolling waves, but the floating weeds. Like when I, when I tell you guys like four days of rollers and the worst floating weeds I've ever seen in my life. Like Nick, you know how it is on Chautauqua. Yeah. Imagine Chautauqua, but 10 times worse. Like I'm not even exaggerating that. Like we were putting baits out and they were getting weeded up like instantly. Like they were like, we couldn't so then keep, were you running clean. big boards? 
We were running very big boards, yes. So do you think that would have helped at all to be running inlines instead? Uh, not in that scenario, I no. don't believe. No, because the, the rollers were so bad. Oh, like the waves were so bad. They would have just been... So what do you... Uh, so I've never been in that situation. I've never fished on a on a boat that's trying to run eight eight lines. Especially in a weedy situation like what the heck do you do like you you, you clean. Every, if every if every one of those starts getting weeded up you clean you can see are they getting enough weeds clean. to pop the releases uh at times yes. occasionally occasionally it wasn't like all the time but right you, like thinking about this like you have your two boards out big boards and then you've got your board lines when you say big boards such- tell me i i again i'm uh, a newbie when it comes to that type of th- stuff. So, so they're like big uh, boards. They're like self freestanding planer boards. Yeah, they're and like you four foot long. Something you like just that. like run your line out on the line that connects from the boat to the planer board. Yes, it's four foot long. Holy they're shit. like big wooden, like dual side planer boards. Like I'll, I have pictures. You guys can. Oh, those are the ones that Leo makes himself. That Todd makes yes. himself. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So, so they. They essentially like pull a line taut mm-hmm. way out away from the boat. Yeah. And then you just run your lines and spread them out on that line. Correct. So what so you the do the moment is, you put that thing out there and it gets weeded up, you got to bring that whole thing back in. So no, the, the, that board keeps running. Right. That board just goes. You don't touch up. You send it out for the day and it's out there for the day. It's out there a hundred plus feet away from the boat. And just to give you some perspective, like we were letting line out and typically your out rod will go all the way down to the border close to it. And that was roughly 150 to 160 feet down that. And now the way you're attaching this is you have a gum band and a shower clip. The shower clip gets hooked to the actual, the board line. Wait a second. For our non-Western PA listeners, Rubber do they know what a gum band is? It's Southwestern <laughs> PA. whatever so you tie that so you say you want the bait at 40 back whatever it is you you let 40 feet of line out on the lure and then you take a gum band and you tie it to the line then you stretch the gum band put it on the shower clip and then you attach the shower clip to the board line you release the bail and you send that sucker down is it a trade secret what kind of gum bands you're running on uh i have no plugs okay like on like for walleyes that you're using like number two rubber bands i don't i didn't get that technical <laughs> in my questioning of of what kind of bands we were using but and that that's just like the thickness of the the band essentially so it breaks at the right you, you use the one that goes oh, okay. on asparagus mm-hmm. the, yes yeah, yeah probably for not the one that goes on romaine so picture <laughs> no, this that's way one. too thick picture this you got <laughs> well for you, musky plugs you gotta run girthy yeah asparagus band now keep in mind, like when you're when you're fishing St. Clair with Leo, he's running both mojos and Shayla shads, and the Shaylas do not pull as hard as the mojos. So it, it is quite the difference when you're really like paying attention to that stuff. But so when you get out there and you realize like the wind should be blowing all the weeds out of where we were fishing, but there was just like tremendous amounts of floaters. Like you're literally cleaning like we had three of us working rods and all three of us would do one side and then jump to the other side. Then you jump back and then you jump back all day long for four days. Like there was maybe a couple hours stretch on day three 
where we didn't have like much floaters, but it was like constant cleaning the whole time. And you're just getting rocked. Like you're rocking back and forth and you're cleaning rods for four days. Like it was insane. So what sucks about that is we were running four boat rods, which is nice. You have two out rods and two down rods, but then you got the other four rods on the boards. Well, you have to work these in a very specific order because if you, you have to bring in the inside board line first and then you have to bring in the outside board, send the outside out, and then put the inside in, right? Like, Owen's just looking at me like I'm crazy. Right? I'm like, no, 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 running? no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm following you. It's just like, you know, when someone, when you've never done something, yes. and you've never seen it done, it's Not hard to it. conceptualize it. Right. But I, I totally, I get what you're saying. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm definitely like that meme where the, you know, Zach Galifianakis, you know, there, there's math yeah. equations going all over yeah, the place. Exactly. That's me. Like That's me right now. But what <laughs> yeah. we found really quickly was we also had to take the side rod out before you could pull the inside board in. And then, so basically what we ended up with all three of us while Todd was driving and Chris switched off with them periodically over those four days, like three of us were constantly working rods. And, uh, I was, okay. So that's a good question. Like uh, how many people are on the boat? Is it for you guys? Yeah, like it's, it's one drive. It's Todd, Todd driving the three, of you guys working rods. Correct. And when somebody gets tired, you just kind of switch out like, and it's easier with three guys working. Cause like Quit being a bitch. Yeah. You bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say that until you're on the, in that scenario, I'll tell you that. Like it was brutal. And, and I have a bad knee right now. And I just didn't tell anybody, but I could barely like. You play I hurt because you're I a man. Was, I was popping, you know, because it's a popular way. Like candy. Exactly. Take some, take some Toradol. Exactly. So, just get right back in there. I have Don't a teeth. question. All right. Do, when you're running, like you said, you're running a mix of Shayla's and Mojo's. Are they, are you running the same leads behind the board on each mm-hmm. of those? Yeah. So we had okay. a very specific number for each of those rods and we basically kept them the same, but what we did change was the down rod depth period. Okay. So um, you're, you weren't able to like pop. So like my experience with big boards is all walleye or steelhead mm-hmm. fishing. So like if you're, you're out rod, like the furthest down the line pops, you can just let it hang and then come straight back behind the boat and then bring it up straight up the, Yes. Like over the motor. Exactly. Um, yeah. Were, you were able to do that or not? Yeah, we were able to do that. Okay. You know, if, if an outside board got eaten or it popped, you just reel it in and then you reel everything else up. If it's a fish, you leave those board lines out and you get rid of the down and the side rod. Okay. So that, you know, you're not. Yeah. In the way when tangled. you're getting netting area. But yeah, it's like a, it's a very technical like way to troll. And yeah. Like everybody laughs about us trolling. Like you, you, you talk to some of these guys and they laugh, but I, I can guarantee if you fished in that scenario with like Todd on that boat, you would have a much better understanding and an appreciation for the guys that are out on big water trolling big boards in those waves with those floating weeds. Like it was insane. And I don't know if you guys saw Jason Quintana while we were up there. The first day we were there, he posted, he was like, he posted on Facebook and was like, man, it's like bailing hay out there today. Cool. And I, I, you know, we just like yeah. looked at it and was like, I, I asked him like, have you guys ever seen weeds like this? And Joey's like, I've never seen weeds on this lake like this. It was crazy. 
So, so at any point, at any point, does that <clears throat> cause you guys to be like, okay, you know, maybe we're going to change our tactics and let's go cast or let's go do something different. Or is it like, nope, we're just, this is our plan. We're going to plow on through. That was pretty much the plan. But going back to me not taking any trolling baits is because I knew Todd had like boxes of baits. But what we did do was take a couple casting rods with like two planos of casting baits in the event that we couldn't get out onto the lake because of wind and weather. And then at that point you can go cast the marina and cast, you know, whatever launches and whatever channels or whatever else you want to do there. But the plan for this trip was to troll and, you know, better percentages with more rods. So that's, that's what, that's what our plan was. But you know, I'll tell you guys this. I'll make this one real short. Like St. Clair is an absolutely beautiful body of water. I mean, every time I go there, I, I, I get this like deep appreciation for that place. It's it's the water color. It's the areas that you're trying to find these fish. I mean, there's just literally like it, there's so much water there to cover. And I can tell you guys like the majority of the fish that we caught came out of like 100 to 150 yard stretch like way out away from where you would think these fish would be. Um, and we fished areas that, that Leo has done very well in the past, you know, a couple years. And it was just like day one, first rod goes off like hours into the day. And then after catching like a couple walleyes, cause the walleyes were just smoking everything that, that lake hmm. has to be like a world-class walleye fishery right now because I've never seen anything like that. Walleye is just completely eating mojos and shayla's like unbelievable. First fish we bagged was a a tight 51 and a half inch muskie. And, not a bad uh, way to start. Not a bad way to start. And I, I refuse to take is that the first. Joey's? Well, it was so everybody wants me to go first. I don't know why. Everybody <laughs> wants me to go first. Because so, you're Ryan Reed. And the thing of it is, is like historically, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but whenever you're on a trip like that, isn't the first fish always like typically a small fish? Like there's a lot of like, I feel like anything could happen. See, I've never gone to a lake like St. Clair where, you know, you're expecting numbers. You know, I, and I, I just, I've had too many times where I've taken the first rod and it's been like a dink and I'm like, I'll just wait. I'm not in a hurry. We're here for four days. Right. And like the whole thing was like, Ryan doesn't have a 50. Like we got to get him a 50. First rod goes off. Joey goes to hand it to me. I'm like, no dude, you take it. You got the rod. And he's like, Ryan, take this. And then he gets up on the back deck and in the footage, you can hear him say, Ryan, this is a 50 inch fish. Take the rod. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Then Todd's like, Ryan, take the rod. I'm like, you're already a quarter of the way back. I'm clearing rods. Like, let's go. I don't right. care. I'd right. rather get the fish in the bag. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess around. And I, I told Todd this, like, I don't even care if I catch a fish. I just want to fish for four days. So we get that fish in the bag and Joey looks at me and he goes, that's a 50. Chris goes, hmm. that's definitely a 50. Todd doesn't know what's going on at all. Cause he's driving and he can't see with the three of us back there. Pull that fish out of the net. And I've, that's by far the longest fish I've ever seen in person. hundred percent. And you guys will really get a good look on, like at it on like pictures do do okay, but like when you see the actual footage, when I get this video out, you're it's you're gonna be blown away. Like that fish was every bit of fifty one and a half. So long story short, that first day was a very it was struggle bus city. We ended up with 
want to say that 51 and then i think i got the 46 and yeah, you I got think, yeah i was gonna say you got a decent fish that first day it was like 46 and a quarter and then we had uh i think it was one other fish it was like right at the end of the night it was like a 42 and it was chris's turn but at some reason he was like just grab it so I ended up with a 46 and a 42. And then the second day we got a couple, we got a couple the second day it was the third day was a complete struggle. Leo has never been skunked on Lake St. Clair ever since 1991, 92. He's never had a, a day where he's not caught a muskie ever. Think about really? that. Really? Two, three impressive. times, you know, two, three trips a year. How long how, you running what? 12 hour days. Oh Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, nine to nine. I mean, I would say yeah. 12. So I think it was the third day. We ended up like right towards the end of the day. We got a real small fish. Skunk was out, whatever. But the wind kicked up that third day. And I can tell you guys, in all honesty, we had five footers coming back in. And it was freaking wild. I've never seen anything like that. Like three to fives. And they were just rolling it was just unbelievable experience. Uh, and then the last day we had out there, we ended up catching, I think seven or eight muskies. I, I can't remember the total, but a couple nice fish in there, a couple fish over 40, a couple small ones. Uh, I can tell you, it was now, like, what were you guys fishing? Mainly just schools of bait fish. Just you're out there looking for bait. Yeah. Bait over weeds. And you know, it, where we were at, but at what depths, you like, yeah. What depths are you fishing at? Well, you kind of pick an area and you're kind of stuck because that lake is so big. You just have to kind of pick a water depth because it's not like here with the contours. It's like wide open. You know, there's just no miles, structure. like miles of 15 to 17 feet of water. Like, right. So what, what are you targeting? Like, what are you looking for out there? Basically bait. You know, that's, that's what we were looking for. And I'm sure there's other things Todd was looking for, but very much like Reagan. Like if you look at Todd's fish finder, there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of marks on there. Yeah. And you know, there's areas like where you're fishing uh, a hump, then there's areas where you're fishing a channel, then you're fishing weeds and then you're out looking for bait. You're just all over the place. And and a lot of guys probably do it different, but you know, like for not going up there, you know, but once a year and really not being able to fish there since COVID, like in two trips, like over two years, Todd's found a way to at least put us on fish. And, you know, I, I feel pretty confident telling you guys the numbers are down there based off of his experiences. If you go from catching 30 some fish a day and an average of like 20 to 30 fish a day down to like eight to 12 fish a day. I mean, that's just to me, the numbers are down, but it's not like there's they're not there and it's not like there's not giant fish in that lake, you know. So. We, uh, we ended the trip with whatever, 15, 16 muskies and over, we'll, we'll call it four days. Nick, do you think we'd be okay if we if we caught 15 or 16 muskies over four days on Nipissing? I think I could make do with that. Yeah, I mean, it, by some <laughs> standards, oh my God. I like, but well, I, got, I mean, that is a lot of work. You know I mean? You're. Yeah, it, it it's a brutal trip from the standpoint of like working rods when it's like that and taking waves and stuff, but. I'll tell you, like, it's a, if you're a musky fisherman and you haven't had an opportunity to fish lakes like St. Clair, like, that's a dream trip for me. Like, being able to get out there and fish it and, and see the water color, 
you know, and see how Todd fishes different color baits in different water. So uh, are you fishing like the that like aquamarine yeah. blue water? Yeah. Yeah, at, at at points. I mean, it, there's times where that water is brown, there's times where it's green, there's times where it's bluish green and then it's like aqua blue. And well, the one thing I found was interesting and I think I'm all right to say this, but like when you get out in that cleaner water, like that aqua blue, real super clean, clear water, like your natural patterns like do what do really well. Like and that dirtier stuff, like we were running some really oddball colors. Like we got a fish on that 46 was on a sarsaparilla. I don't know if you guys ever seen Leo's sarsaparilla pattern, but it's a lot of pink, isn't it? Pinks and purples and yellow and scale. And it's like but you get out into that really blue water, that clear stuff. And like, that's when the $9 perches shine. And, you know, we got, we got a couple of fish on that legend perch or legend uh, carp pattern and, and things yeah. like that, your natural pattern. So it was cool to see that, you know, firsthand again. And, you know, I, I caught, I caught a PB smallie on that trip because smallies were crushing the crap out of his baits. I got it. While you're trolling. Yeah. The- Four and a half, five mile an hour. Oh, yeah. And, and Joey was setting a rod. So we were, we got to the point where we we're trying to keep rods in the water because of the weeds. But like Joey left the side rod in. And as he was pulling the, the in, in, uh, the inner board in, and he had a, like a five pound smallie come up and just smoke a bait that was literally like six inches under the surface. Like he watched it come up and just eat the bait and just get hooked like both side. That's what I feel like I get a lot of them especially casting in Canada that just come up and just smack the crap out of like jerk baits, but usually almost never get hooks. Yeah. But it's like, that was definitely a fish. I had no idea what, what it was. And then you're like <laughs> thinking about it a little bit. It's like, yeah, it's a small mouth. We were catching smallies. We were catching pike. We were catching walleye like crazy. I got a 20, uh, 28 inch walleye it was tied my PB walleye. I mean, it's just such a healthy lake and, just a beautiful place to spend four days to go out there and do some musky fishing. She's angry. Now, when you say when you say it's a healthy <laughs> lake, do you did you notice a difference between the lake in terms of being on where you were as opposed to was it a healthy lake? Was the water color the same when you guys launched out of Detroit, out of Detroit? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah? The, okay. the lake itself is. I mean, it's not like it's dirty. I didn't think it was dirtier near Detroit. I mean, I could be way wrong there, but. We didn't really, we ventured up there like towards that area, but we didn't, we stayed in Canada this time. We didn't get, we didn't do both. You know, we, we just kind of rolled with the Canadian side and yeah, it's, that's my advice to you guys and anybody listening. Like if you, and I will say that's probably one lake, like if you have a boat, like, like the Jimmers or like my boat or Nate's boat, like that's probably not the lake. That's the, that's the lake where you want to get out with like a Quintano uh, and just get How about out there. You have a six- how about if you have a 16 foot tracker with a walkthrough, huh? You <laughs> would probably be completely fine on that lake. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what your beam is, but <laughs> what's your beam? What's your beam? 86 inches. 86. Pretty... I think it's either uh, 86 sure or 88. It's a, like Nick, Nick mentioned it. it well, we'll talk about this later. It's kind of hard to get the hard specs on an older boat. So we'll talk about that. You just got to watch the wind there and you got to pay attention because with the wind being that bad, we literally couldn't get to the area that we wanted to fish and we couldn't hit it on an angle. Cause when you think about it, those big boards out there, they restrict your turning radius. 
And when you got a football sized chunk that you're getting fish out of, and it's literally just that, like, it's kind of hard to like keep hitting that when you're getting pounded and the winds changing. So it was a, it was a good, it was a good learning experience for me. It was a great trip with, with Todd, Chris and, and Joey. And I'm like super thankful I got to do it. Got a couple of nice fish and made a bunch of memories and laughed for four days. So yeah, if you're on the fence, like do it, do St. Clair. There's still lots of fish there, lots of big fish and it's, you won't be disappointed once you get out there and you live it for a couple of days. So I got a question for you too. When you're in a crew like that, like with people all like serious fishing, like how do you, how'd you guys decide like when a rod goes off, did you have, was it like roulette? Like you're, Hey, you're up. Or is it like, these are my rods just like a spread like that. And a bunch of anglers, you take turns and it's, you kind of talk about that stuff ahead of time. So I'll tell you guys one more story. Like that third day we had lost like four or five fish, like one really good fish, two really good fish on that third day. And we just, they just weren't getting hooked for some reason. And we got to a point where we were staring at that skunk and you could feel the tension on the boat, like not in like a super bad way, but it's like, nobody wants to be on Leo's boat the day that we got, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be there the day you got skunked. Well, the other problem we were having is nobody wanted to take a rod. So the rod would go off and I would jump up and be like, Chris, 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 grab it, grab it. And then he would jump up and grab it. Or Joey would jump up and grab it and try to hand it to somebody. And like during those shuffles and delays grabbing the rod, we were losing fish. So Leo was like, the only time I've ever heard Leo like actually swear <laughs> was like, guys, we're out you here. Say on a bad word. He was like, we're out on the water. We're, we're out on the water too long to basically blank these up, you know, like you gotta, we, somebody take a rod, like just somebody take a right. rod and get it. And, you know, we kind of like, you're working as a team, dude. It's like a full team sport. Like it's not just normal team musky fishing. Like this is, you are literally working as a unit for four straight days in rhythm and everybody knows what they're doing you know, I grab a side rod, the next guy grabs it. You just, you know, you just know what you're doing. And, you know, he's right. Like you're out there for too many hours to make those types of mistakes where we're like fiddle farting around on who's taking the rod. So yeah, Nate, to answer your question, you always start with a rotation. You're like, all right, Ryan gets first, Joey gets second, Chris gets third or however you do it. And you always know who's up, but really whoever's closest to that rod needs to grab it out of the holder and put tension on that fish and then hand it off. When you start dilly dallying, you lose fish. So, yeah, it was a good trip, man. Loved it. Hopefully, I get to go back at some point. But would do again. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just Saint Clair. It's just the water there. I mean, when you see it, you realize it. Probably how you feel about Nipissing, Owen. I'm sure uh, you know, and that's that's kind of like I've since I've never been there. I don't know what the feel is. I'm sure the feel was different in the on the canadian side than it was launching out of detroit uh, you know and that's kind of you know if i'm going to go on a trip the feel is part of what i'm going for you know I, like i'd like the, the further away i can get from people the better but <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to deny the the allure of being able to contact that many muskies even on like an off like i, I that's an off trip Right, that's not like a, a banger of a trip. Below average. Yeah, I, I think 
I think now, I think that's a, that's a decent trip. Now the guides are out there putting nine, 10, 12 fish in the boat. Like, but those guys are out on that lake every single day. You know, they know where okay. those fish okay. are so, at. So, so let me tell you my first experience with seeing anyone fish St. Clair was right after I had caught my big fish in 2017. And that's when Facebook was a thing. And, you know, I posted shit on Facebook and about, I think it was the next year, a buddy that I went to college with, uh, you know, started posting pictures of him and his buddies holding up all these big muskies. And I'm like, what the hell is going on there? And like, I, I didn't have really any concept of Lake St. Clair or really any, any, any different bodies of water, but they caught like 27 fish and they're drinking rum and Cokes. Like, you, you know what I mean? And that's literally what they were doing. Like they were out there getting hammered. And so that was kind of like my first viewpoint of St. Clair and I know that that sounds bad, but it's absolutely the truth. Like, and, and you've said that people have had days like that. Like, that's the first time I ever saw anyone catching fish on St. Clair. It was this guy from college who wasn't a muskie fisherman, and they were boating muskies literally fucking hand over fist while drinking rum and Cokes out on in the middle of Lake St. Clair. And so I apologize to you know, I guess, I guess anyone that, you know, my, my initial viewpoint on Lake St. Clair was very dim, I would say, just simply because of that. Now, this is back in 2017, 2018. Obviously, you can't just go out there and catch fish like that nowadays. Yeah, I, I think there's probably days that are like that still, but I think there was probably what I would call like the glory days of St. Clair where just everybody was doing well. Like everybody was dude, out there was, catching fish. It was embarrassing. Like the, this dude was like posting shit and I'm like, what are you like? Where are you? Like, where are you catching those things? And he's like St. Clair, like we're all out here. My buddy's a captain out here, you know, yeah. here we are. I'm just getting hammered while they're catching <laughs> fish. <laughs> I mean, Yins, Yins, you really come up here. I mean, yeah. you, you, what yins yins go all, all the way up here? Like, was that like like what? How nipping? Mm. Yeah, it's a. I don't know, man. All, I, all I imagine know. it's cyclical, just like you know the walleyes in Lake Erie. Since it's all natural, it's can't be. Uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to pin down what makes it better at times than others. Yeah, I mean, they could have just had a couple of bad year classes of fish. I mean, who knows? Like. And I might be, you know, people might listen to this and be like, what's he smoking? We're getting 20 fish out there a day, whatever. Right. And, you know, and but yeah. it's from our, from the last two years, I just, I feel like based on the stories that, that Todd tells in the pictures to back it up, like you guys know the color redhead, right? Yeah. So the first time Todd ever went to St. Clair, they got three fifties that week on redhead and you know, like how many times you get three fifties in a trip? Like, yeah. so I mean, there's been times where um, they've caught multiple fifties a day and what do you like? You can't, I'm not saying it's not being done now, but. And that's know. what I mean. Like, so 
you know, my my initial experience, like my my initial experience, quote unquote, real, you know, big time musky fishing, you know, trying to, you know, going to Canada and going on a trip. You know, I, I'm being told that, OK, you know, you catch one fish a day, you're doing amazing. And then you look at some some dude from college. And he's out there getting like a weekend at Bernie's suntan sunburn mm-hmm. uh in like holding muskies like like looking like uh you know like fucking the grandma from something about uh something about mary <laughs> yeah i don't know like i don't know what to say like, to that that's quite the visual there <laughs> yeah that kind of blew me up a little bit you know that. what i'm talking about like you know you're out there like fucking baked like a piece of bacon but catching muskies. Yeah. I mean, it's just that regardless, man, it's, it's a healthy body of water. I mean, the fish that live there are big, the smallies are big. The walleyes are big. Muskies are clearly big. You know, we, we caught catfish and even the pike we got were, you know, maybe not as big as what Napod catches up on Nipissing, which we're going to get to, but you know, (laughs) you're talking low thirties pike, like the fat, you know, not the little skinny hammer handle 17 inches I'm used to catching around here. So, I don't know. It was cool. It was cool. Looking forward to the next up, trip. Should we move on to uh, Nate Dog in his trip to Lake Nipissing? Yes, please. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still recovering. This was a much, much planned out and you know, sought after trip. Tell us how it went. Yeah. I mean, I listened to the, um, well, I was texting Owen earlier. I listened to the episode where we pre-talked the trip today and I was just like, uh, I was in the car, just like rehashing the whole trip in my head. But, I mean, it was, it was good. It was a good trip. And I'll say overall a successful trip, um, but like a learning trip and, um you know ryan just (laughs) said it a minute ago you know musky fishing is a team sport um and i feel like that it was like that kind of trip um but yeah so we we went up there um we had the easiest border crossing ever um that i've ever had in the history of border crossings um was like this is gonna be the magic trip like how do how else you start better than this um (laughs) made right Made record time up there. Didn't stop it at Tim Hortons on the way up, which, which I think is also was a problem. But that's all other thing. Um, but yeah, no, we got up there and um, the weather was pretty stable the whole week heading into it. Uh, and I, I wasn't, I was worried that it was going to be like maybe a little bit of a cold front, but it was like stable kind of like weather shift. So yeah, we had a really good. Um, really good feeling kind of moving into it and you know all the stuff that we talked about on here that you know was like i'm gonna do it and had a bunch of new gear and a bunch of new electronics and everything and um you know it's kind of putting it all to test so i think the day we went up we got out on the water um i don't think we caught a fish that day i mean we caught like some little pikes and stuff like that and we're like okay like fish are biting like this is great 
they weren't nice ones, but they were pikes, and it was great. Um, we're like, all right, and no one's like, hope it's not like our trip last year where you caught a caught a pike on the first day, and that was it. I was like, oh, you had to put the jinx on, you know. You're not supposed to talk about a no hitter <laughs> while it's going. It's a rule number one, but um, no. So then, yeah, we just started rolling into the week. Um, and my I had a game plan of a of like a fifty fifty mix which is, was unheard of in our boat or in all of our trips. We we're going to have 50% troll and 50% cast. The Arnold Palmer. I yeah. Like that. Little lemonade, little bit of iced tea. So, but um, no. And, and so that was the, that was the game plan. And I think now we probably trolled 70, 30. So we put more trolling than I ever had done in my life. Now, was that so, just because you were trolling between casting spots? Um, no, or... I think it was because most of the bites we were having was tro- while trolling, and and it was like this. This is where we're finding fish, um, you know, albeit not always muskies, but this is where we're getting action. And however the baits are running, this is like this is working. So just kind of stick to it. So I mean, that was the internal strife I had all week was the fight between going back to what I, my like instincts would have been and like, like driving past really great casting spots that I'd never had hit, but that I looked at on a map and I had like marked in, in, in my head and been like, Hey, let's go do that. We were driving past it or trolling past it. Um, giving up that to, to maybe potentially raise a, you know, a fish trolling. I, so, I got a question about this. I yeah. was going to say, because they're okay so you're going up there and what you're used to doing is casting 100 casting so, 99.9 that we might have left a, a rod dangle out if we were going to a spot to spot but 100 so casting what what was what was the driving force because you obviously have to troll to establish the fact that you're catching more fish trolling so what was the driving force or the change in direction in your mind to be like this year we're going to, we're going to try this trolling thing. Like, why did you hit that so hard? Um, I mean, I think it, it was a lot of the stuff that, you know, I'd heard on here, you know, and, and going out with you a couple of times and talking with Owen when we went out in the spring and, you know, just that was, that was the confidence was building up into it, you know, and I had, I started, I mean, I really made the decision last year. Like I was texting Andy from Fat AZ on the water last year. Like, hey, how can I get my boat set up for trolling? Right? Yeah, I remember that. I remember last year you're like, here I am. I'm like, I'm but, sitting out here on the middle of the water texting Andy asking for his advice. And I'm like, yep, you got the bug, dude. Right. And and so then, you know, after that and then kind of going through the whole process of like figuring out clamps and how to get, how to even do it that's when I was committed. Then, then had some real like hands-on stuff with Ryan and with banging bottoms. And I'm like, all right, I can do this. Like, this is something that I can like figure out. And um, so we spent that first, the first, like, I think we get up there at like five o'clock or something. And we're like, all right, well, let's, let's hit the water. And I was looking for weed lines. I was looking for bait fish. And my graph is marked up with a ton of stuff, ton of data. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. It's just a fact finding. Um, and so, yeah, we, you know, hit and fish while doing that. And I'm like, okay, this is great. Um, and so that was like the first two days was a lot of 
checking out new spots. I mean, I wasn't intimidated by the water this time, um, you know, having a year on this side of the lake and to kind of like, you know, expand on it. And, you know, I went around the corner, like if you see it and if you see it on a map, like, like it's like going around the corner into the bigger water kind of, um, last year it was really windy and I was like, nah, I'll never, I wouldn't even consider it. Like it was just too new, but, um, like trusting my electronics and stuff and and i pre-marked all of like the obstructions and rocks and hazards so i just i, I just was like no i'm i'm committed to this you know there's a lot of investment in it and and i might as well like do it so that that's kind of what set that um that was the mentality i i, th- I think that answers what you're asking right yeah no that answers yeah, it i'm just so. i'm just wondering like i was just wondering like how you go from like being oh. so dead on casting all the time to wanting to troll. And I didn't know. Right. If it and, was... and, and does it have to do with, was your dad like, Holy shit. Like this is a lot easier to. He, yes. And, and that, that's what even, I mean, that's what made me call Andy up the second time and say, Hey, like I'm coming up as soon as I get home and we're going to put some track on my boat because yeah, I mean, my, my dad at the beginning of the week told me, you know, I think I only got a couple more trips left in me. And like that, I knew that was coming, but I, that like hit really hard at the end of the trip. He goes, man, with this trolling, like I got another good 10 years in me. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> I got a like, new lease on life. That's right, big, man. Big Dave sitting up in the helm, just, you know, eating trail mix, talking shit on me. Like, you know, that was it. And and he loved it. And, <laughs> That's and awesome, I loved man. it. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that, that was, that was also motivation. Like, all right, if this, this is going to be probably my next annual trip for the next few. So you might as well, like, like I'm in, like I'm in on it. You know, you have a baby, you're get ready to change shitty diapers. Like, you know, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. That's, (laughs) that's, what's kind of the different, you know, I was going to mention the difference between, what you did and what Nick and I will be doing here in a week or so. And what Ryan was just doing with Todd out on Lake St. Clair, where in Canada, you can only run one rod a piece. So you're, you know, the whole odds, you know, the whole increasing your odds thing, you're not necessarily, yes, you're covering more water, but you're not necessarily increasing your odds the way that you would be running six to eight, different baits you know when you're running just two you're more kind of listen i'm going to cover water and and i i think here's another piece too to like what ryan was asking so you know i i said i wanted to fish further back this time off of where i normally would cast to right and that was that was something from the 54 or bust episode that was like oh yeah like this is a piece that i'm missing and so by trolling I, at least my mentality was like, I can hit both of those type of spots that I would normally either cast over or sit the boat over, you know, like I'm going to find these points and and I'm going to find these spots and I'm going to now troll really tight. Like I would normally cast. And now I'm going to troll the next time through a little bit further out. And it, it was, you know, kind of like an efficiency thing there, you know, I, I don't know that, that at least in my head that I was like, as we were kind of just feeling out where the weeds and where the bait were, were like, you know, I can now troll more efficiently these passes. And maybe if something was hot, like we would stop and cast it. And that was kind of what we were game planning at. 
which is 180 and, degrees different from what we normally would have done. But we definitely caught a lot more fish this time, um, you know, and contacted more muskies on our own this time, which is, I think, a big win. Oh, it's a huge one. Yeah. Huge, huge one. Nick, what but, was your question? Well, I was just going to say, were you kind of scoping or like trolling past some of those casting spots kind of in the same pass that you would have casted them? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the idea. I mean, like, I think using the idea of trolling as a, as a tool in a toolbox and saying, Hey, you know, like we're used to pounding in nails all the time. Well, like maybe use a screwdriver and like use a drill and like we're gonna have a different tool to do maybe the same type of thing right and it was and it was it was like a complimentary way fast, to do it so kind of a faster way to check spots yeah and 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 it was like okay maybe i was giving up casting the heck out of these points and whatnot but i'm hitting them in a different way and probably different angles than i would have been able to on a drift or something and and so i don't know i feel like in hindsight, anything I might have given up by maybe passing on some spots that I would have gave more attention to, I'm probably gained in accessing spots that I, I wouldn't have even touched, you know, if I but wasn't now, doing. Now, for our listeners, like you are, you took your own boat up there. And... I did not fill the form out. <laughs> Criminal. <laughs> whatever this yeah. whatever this form is. Yeah. Order, whatever Order form Patrol is, will be form... there tomorrow. Nick, Nick, you're in charge of, of trying to figure out the form. We're just going to wing it. <laughs> what the heck was I going to say? Uh, Sorry. You're, you're set up with a 20, right? Right, right, yeah. right. I was going to say, how far did you get away from the lodge? Because, you know, a 20 Pretty... only only goes so fast, and it definitely limits your ability to cover tons of water. Uh, but you know what? and And this is like... The thing, you know, when we talk about nipissing too, and and there's every spot looks like it could be juicy. You know what I mean? Like you you look at it on a map and you look at it on your depth chart and you're like, and you're driving around, you're like, yes, this spot holds fish. Yes. And then then it becomes overwhelming. It's like 52 card pickup. Every, every They're everywhere. Like, and so now how do I shrink that? And so I think, you know, really for us, it you know yeah we have a, a 16 foot lund with a 20 on it and you can only troll two rods i mean we we got a pretty decent ways away from the lodge and i think definitely probably i would go so far to say four times as far out um distance wise than we would have tried to last year um and in within that i mean there i i went over dozens and dozens and dozens of really great looking fishy spots you know, I can't get out to the main water and I, we're not going to attempt that. I mean, my dad wouldn't even let be close to letting me. I mean, he's he's the most conservative, cautious boater ever. So, I mean, we would never try that. But I mean, a good, how far beyond Jennings Point did you get? Um, I mean, down that shore a little bit. I mean, that that probably the that far down that end. And, and if you guys remember where I was fishing at that last day where Nick, you were like, oh, I kind of like that spot. Um, we went down further that channel and, and all the way up, you know, through Warren Bay and stuff. So, but that's not as far as Jennings point. So, I mean, Jennings Did point and a little bit further was probably the, the furthest we went and I would have gone further, but th there was enough water to concentrate on and 
the fish we were seeing were caught really close to the lodge off the dock even yeah right yeah so tell us about that like the guy that the guy that you went with like, yeah yeah so so we killed it yeah so a guy a buddy of mine that I, I work with another teacher he goes up with his um three boys and that I said they were younger than they were they're like 13 10 and 9 um but yeah he had never caught a muskie and his gear is like you know not to talk crap on gear, but it's just not musky gear. He he had one on hooked last year that just pl- worked them. You know, the rod just couldn't couldn't stay, the, you know, with the pressure on it just gets off. You know, so I gave him some of my old gear to kind of like gear him up a little bit. Um, but yeah, we raised, I, well, I, I had it on. I caught, a, a raised a musky trolling that second day and like was super pumped about it because that's the first one on my own trolling I've ever kind of like, contacted it was like okay what we're doing is working but um i and if somebody has better technique like please share it with me find me because trolling with a uh tiller was really hard (laughs) with like doing and where i had the rods like my dad can't come back and grab the rods like i'm one hand tillering one hand managing the rod and like trying not to run over boulders and you know ding the lower unit but um so I, I think that first when I slowed down the boat too much while I was trying to like position position us in a good spot and, you know, had the rod tip up and it, it squirreled out. And so, yeah, had a fish on, was shaking and, you know, was mad at myself for, for not doing better. Like I knew better than that. That's, um, a, that's just a repetition thing. You know, I mean, getting the hang of. Yes. And it's different than doing it on Ryan's boat where, you know, someone has a console and like, you can get back there and like help. Like um, where I'm at with the, with the lures and stuff. Every time you come that was it. You were something else. icy light related. <laughs> I mean, well, you're good. All right. No, I no, but I mean, and, and so we're like, okay, you know, this fish, we, we kind of, it helped figuring out where it was and that fish are active and like these spots we were targeting definitely were looking good. And so um, I went back with him later on and we, I went with my buddy and we caught that same, I, I'm saying it's the same fish. I mean, it was the identical spot. Um, but yeah, this time I'm like, I'm setting the hook, you know, and hand the rod to him. Um, I I caught a hammer handle on a trolling like the, a minute beforehand. And he was like, that's your fish. I was like, oh yeah, that's my fish. <laughs> <laughs> like shaking it off at the boat. I'm like, all right, man. You know, and I was like, next one's you. He's like, okay. And yeah, then rips and, you know, it was exciting. And um, he he actually netted my first muskie, you know, a whole bunch of years back. Um, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the alpha and the omega muskies giveth, muskies taketh. Um, this one, you know, felt it felt good. That was a really special fish. First trolling muskie and my buddy's first muskie and first one like kind of solo like that, you know, that, that, that was the major, major, big, big win for me, at least personally, like, you know, the stuff we were doing was working and it was, it was good to have something to show for it. That's awesome. That was a spinnerbait fish. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I tried, I tried doing some like trolling cranks, but it was like, I was in two weedy of spots and it just really wasn't working the way it was. I was like, this is just straight spinnerbait trolling. So yeah, I was short lining like true short lining some at some points. Um, and as the week kind of went on, I started getting better at judging depths of lures and stuff. But yeah, I was doing double barrel 
double barrel spinner baits all week um, and just having them popping off. That's what I feel like for working those weed weed points and weed edges and stuff up there. That's the way to go. Otherwise, you're just picking weeds the yeah the whole time. And you know the Navionics is not good enough to like rely on. If you do, you end up you know burying crankbaits and weeds and right. And so we had some spots that looked good and, you know, it was like, oh, this is going to be perch bait territory. And as soon as I dragged that thing through like a mop of weeds, I was like, nope, this is not perch bait territory. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to the spinners. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, good, good in that respect. And I probably would have liked to cast a little bit more. Um, you know, we got we had one day that completely got lost um, for just storms the whole day. Um, so pushed off the water, then it took about a day for, for things to kind of get normal again and, and start contacting fish. So it was tough. I mean, tough fishing in that regard, um, trying to kind of just stay on our toes and, and get stuff done. But I think we went like one for five for the week in my boat. Um, we saw a lot of great fish, but it was hard to get, like, get them to bite. Saw a lot of things clear in lines, which was crazy. Like, I'm just not used to that, like shaking weeds off and then having fish just come up and just miss it like crazy. Um, that's usually, you know, boat side missing it for me casting. <laughs> so those ones definitely like drive me crazy because then it's like, should I, just, should I just dangle it over the side, not even in the water? Or? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just go to play, play around with it in the water. Like, no big deal. No one's going to know. Tell me but, what you want. Tell me what you want. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like also like the, you know, the fish that we contacted, like going, going one direction on the shoreline and then coming back the opposite. And it was just the change in direction or profile or like the speed. I mean, so it was a lot of playing around with that too and seeing what was triggering, what wasn't, you know, Ryan's texting me, speed it up, man. <laughs> He's like, crank it up. And then, but then I was cranking it down and it was, it was getting action i was like man there's this there's a lot of variables but it was it was working you know in some days when the weather was this speed speed was rat rocking it and um, well it was it was good it was a good learning trip in that regard too by the way i think that form is an i-68 but i could be wrong okay it, it's the way i was reading it it says something about like if you're stopped or anchored in canadian water and or like crossing over the border in a boat you need it okay. but the, it, i know that this form is strictly for inspections so you, like if you have it you won't have to they won't like stop you on the water like while you're trolling and you know because you can't really you know stop with big boards out yeah so might want to look at that but nate i wanted to i wanted to ask you another question too like with St. Clair, like you, we, we've talked about color mattering, you know, when you're trolling, like there's different opinions where, you know, like Tom had mentioned on one of the episodes, I wasn't here. Like he didn't think Tom, like color mattered at all on St. Clair. It absolutely does matter. 100%. Like that's factual. Like the, nobody's ever going to change my mind. Cause I, I've seen it twice now and I've always been like an advocate about color but do you feel like you were trolling a lot of spinner baits so you feel like maybe that was the blade action did you guys have any action on any type of crankbait at all yeah did you switch uh, it up at all yeah yeah we i mean um i caught a big pike i mean a, a nice pike on a, a like nice a raptor spin. nice pikes 
you know, like fishing a raptor and, you know, my first raptor fish, which was cool. But like, um, I mean, for the spinnerbaits for color wise, like anything I put out there, they all got bit up. You know, it didn't matter what color, like in the, the oh, and I can't remember what you named the pink, the pink one, pinking the brain. The pink spinnerbait that Owen gave me was get got a, obliterated. It fell apart. And I caught the caught the um the blades on the hook <laughs> when it fell apart. And like, holy crap. But I mean that thing got shredded and I had a second pink one and it caught a ton of fish. I'd never caught a, a fish on a pink lure or pink color ever. And I I mean up there they it's always saying like black and orange is like the the hot color, you know. And right. I'm a black and orange guy. I love it. And my dad's a chartreuse and white guy and he's killed on white. But I mean, we had that char and white out, lots of gold. I mean, it didn't anything that we had out. So with, at least with his blades, um, that, that didn't seem to, to matter color wise. I mean, we caught, we had fish caught or had fish spooked on, you know, gold double cowgirl and orange and black, you know, a tire tiger one, like, it didn't anything that was like small blades it was must have been more of the whatever you know flavor the, that week now when you're seeing like how are you seeing these fish like are is one of you watching are the are you shortlining these spinner baits and like so you can see what's going on behind it yeah i mean most of it was at least for half the week i mean probably the last two days i let them out a little bit longer um but yeah i had really really short lines i mean i'm talking 15 feet out with the leader on some some of them sometimes i mean they're just in the prop wash i mean and that that's where they were going crazy it was all they were all like prop wash fish and um yeah i mean the the one it was a lot of times clearing weeds you know and shaking them off and then it's just you know big fish just tagging along behind it that's reagan reagan has said that on multiple occasions to us that they contact a lot of fish when you're either basically when you're putting the rod back down into the, the fat AZ rod holder, when mm. you put it back down into that rod holder, like they get a lot of fish that hit right there. See, mine was as soon as I lifted up on it, as soon as I pulled it up and brought that like lure, like the, you know, the blade speed up and it's yeah, coming to the surface. Like following in. Oh, it was as, as soon as that happened and that lure like broke the water it was like flush around it. I mean that I probably had five of those, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm not counting that on like uh, my numbers just cause it, you know, you can't confirm if it was a muskie or not, you know, cause we, we did have some big pike come up and like take looks also and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of that. As soon as we pulled onto the surface, they would just get flushed. <laughs> it was like, Nope. You know, the boat's still cruising and it's like, you saw that, right? Yeah. You know, and just keep going. Yeah, I really don't know how to like trigger those fish when you're because I've had that with crankbaits too. They just, you know, almost like come right after it as you're bringing it in. Yeah. And those are the times when we would stop trolling and go and cast them. You know, I'd make another pass coming the other direction and then another one maybe going a little different speed or something. And, you know, it's kind of circle off and spot lock down and, and kind of cast and see if you get something else. And, I don't think any, we didn't catch any fish like off of that, you know. I was like going to say, it. did you see any fish off of that? Like, did that work at all? No, but I, I, but I mean that you're talking like three, three instances probably where we did that. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know if 
you know, maybe, I don't know, but no, we didn't catch anything off of it or see anything like again. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and that was kind of our mentality. Then once we had a lot of success earlier in the week and then the storm slowed it down, um, that was like, all right, this is our plan. Let's just stick with it. Um, and we just, yeah. Kept so what was the weather? Way. What was the weather like? It was a little cooler. Um, they said, I mean, the weeds were crazy, like in a good way. The, the weed beds were bigger and more like they looked like the summerish weeds where they're still really, really green, which wasn't the case. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, it, that was really different. Um, and the lodge owner said that like they they almost had the way that however spring was that this was like the summer weather. You know, she's like, we're, we're having like this is like summer weather for us um, right now. Like the way that the weeds were acting and stuff, the temperature wasn't but. Um, they had, I guess it was really hot early on and then it cooled off. And so the weed, the weeds were growing and stuff. She's like, they look like they look in the summers. And she's like, guys that have been coming up for a long time are having to adjust, you know, how they're fishing. Cause their normal spots are now bigger or moved a little bit off. So, um, yeah, the weather was nice. I mean, for the most part, like a good fishing weather, you know, rain a couple days and storms and fronts, um, never right. you had, off. you had some things come through that changed. Mm-hmm change the pressure atmospheric pressure and things like that yeah yeah and so i mean it was there were days where it was definitely suppressed and days where there was definitely a lot more bites um you know and i think we we caught fish every day but you know wasn't necessarily musky that we contacted my buddy brought up him marshall that dude had a great he had a trip of ages for someone who doesn't musky fish yeah he caught it he we don't know how big any of the fish are either like officially which also caused a problem on memquisit's website on facebook he was like the talk of the town um oh i'm sure because he was like this is a 39 inch fish and everyone had to have been like dude that's a 44 at least yeah i mean every time yeah oh yeah so yeah he the only i mean he caught the one with me that we definitely know the size i mean that was a 39 and then yeah, he said he those caught another. Those two he got. Those other two he got huge, were, were huge both fish. good fish. Yeah, yeah, they were both so good the one, fish. The one he had a picture of it, um, and we went out and measured the dock planks. We had like a good estimate, and yeah, that one was probably like forty four ish. They caught off the dock. You know, we we went out with Reagan. We got on the boat. He could still see us, and he caught it right after Reagan's boat picked us up. Um, so you know, that's fun. And then uh, he caught another one on his own um, in this fishy bay that, like, I guess nobody fishes and doesn't believe there's fish in it. He, it's probably it was like 47 or 48, you know, and they had no idea what they're doing. I mean, they know what they're doing, but, you know, there was definitely panic in that boat. <laughs> like, oh, oh, my God, this happened. So, yeah, he had a great week. It was, I mean, awesome for him. He's he's ruined. What a ruined man. He has no idea. Yeah, is he oh, hooked? Yeah. Like, is he like completely ruined? Is he devastated? Well, I sent him a picture from a fish that was caught. Like, I was like, "Hey, look, you know, another one caught off the dock." And he's like, "Oh, that's definitely a, a forty-five. You know, no way. You know, he's yeah." <laughs> and now he's an expert. Uh, the Dunning Kruger effect. Dunning Kruger. Like, I sent him like eight links for bump boards and stuff. Like, you know, treat yourself. Treat get yourself. An, get an ac- accurate measuring. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to meeting him at, at Musky Max and seeing how much money he blows this year. Uh, Six, yeah, seven hundred bucks. 
at least i kept saying i was like you need a boat now he's like no you don't need one uh, just catch them off the dock mm-hmm. like oh you're an asshole you know <laughs> these are very accessible <laughs> fish yeah everybody right. knows where they're at no he's realistic about it i mean he's come up with me long enough and seen how we've done it um <laughs> so he knows what the reality is but but i mean awesome awesome trip for him and yeah all good how was your stay at memquisit this year always good i like it <laughs> it's like true fish camp now do you guys like how many how many bedrooms is the cottage that you guys stay at it's four. Oh wow so, yeah so i i have my it's own like room luxurious like, oh yeah it's like taj mahal on the lake um <laughs> they're the also water. i we we have to put i i mean you guys give me flack for bringing up my own food and stuff like that i mean we really caravan a bunch of stuff but um you have to put it in the boat and then boat it to the cabin we're at you can't drive to it and right. so that's always fun they're building roads directly to the cottages i mean that's going to change everything for me i don't have to schlep it I just drive it yeah drive it so right i guess in. I, I guess they are you know sticking with the property i guess it was up for sale a couple years ago frank and uh what's her name oh really Shirley? yeah yeah i didn't yeah. know that yeah but oh, yeah they, it, was uh, up, it was up for sale a couple years ago but then yeah they must it. be yeah well they're yeah they're putting some investments in and yeah they're gonna have a road going to the the thing so i don't know how you know putting a bunch of bins of food in the boat and trying to sit on top of you know loaves of bread and stuff without crushing it it's going to be a thing of the past for me that's amazing <laughs> yeah but that it was, was a- always always entertaining for me like at you know the camp that i've always gone to the like hauling like 50 pound sacks of flour up it's like try, uh, not, yeah. try not to get this wet like get putting it into the boat <laughs> running the boat a couple miles you know 10 miles and then well, how much? Well, what are you, you doing with that? How much have you towed? They make that's fresh right. bread that's all a lot the of time. Pancakes. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Uh, going out the yeah, going out out to the lodge. But like, how much did you tow in? How much did you put in the boat to tow up there, as opposed to putting in your car? Because <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That with with Nick and I, you know, what can we put in the boat now that we're towing a boat up there, as opposed to because last year we took the minivan up. Because it just made sense. We weren't towing anything. We needed more room for storage. So the minivan made a lot of sense. This year, we're not. We're going to take my car and take the boat and obviously use the boat as some sort of a trailer, you know, hmm. to a certain degree and, and tow shit with that. Like, how much do you put in the boat and how much do you put in your in your ride? I mean, the way that the way that I try to do it is. Um... Anything that I don't want to get wet trailering stays in the car. So my clothes, my rain gear, like any anything that's like cardboard boxy for food or whatnot. Like I have those uh those collapsible crates. So that has all that stuff going in it, and that stuff's in the car. Anything else gear wise, everything else is in the in the uh, boat. And I mean like you strap it be- down. Um, no. And I tow up a bunch of gas too. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but depression has said that bleep that out, but I, I bring my own okay. gas. So I have a bunch of Harbor freight, big, big jugs of gasoline that I, I tow up with me. Um, I didn't think about that. Like what's, yeah. uh, I mean, what is the actual save? I mean, is there. I, for, us, for us, for us, 
pretty significant. You're like six dollars a gallon or something like that, close to that. Even if you're buying like cheap reservation gas. Yeah. Wow. So I I brought more like eight if you're paying. Yeah, I brought I brought nine gallons plus my tank already full, and I used it all. That's eight dollars Canadian, so whatever that six bucks. Yeah, six bucks. So my my gas tank is like twenty six gallons or something like that. So I mean, I I mean, I I guess I should just I should probably just fill it. I should fill it all up with ethanol free. Yeah. Before we leave, and then just see where we go from there. Right. It's easy enough with how Regan's got the tank set up there. Oh yeah, dude, that tank like right on site just makes it. They've never asked me at the simple. border about gas. They always yeah. ask you about guns, tobacco, alcohol, tobacco, and alcohol, and weed now. Weed's a big thing, apparently. Oh, really? get asked about weed. Which is weird now. Like, it seems like a gray area, because, like, it's legal in New York, and it's legal in Ontario. Well, all right. of Canada. I don't know. but Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know how that stuff works, but we always just Let's, say... Yeah, right. We had like one bottle and one case of beer with us and they were like, Chris was like, uh, whatever caramel brandy or whatever he brought up. And she was like the moonshine. And we're like, no, and she's like, oh, oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's weird. Like I can't remember what it is. It's like 1.15 liters per person or something like that. Yeah. Uh, of alcohol, of like liquor. Or a case of beer, like uh, yeah, I mean, like what, uh, like one case of beer, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I, I think it's easy if if it's me, I don't even take that stuff. I just get it at the duty free, right? Yeah, but they yeah. don't they don't sell icy light or icy light, uh, you know, icy Turner's icy mix. Like, well, what I do you do with that, that, Nate? I bring up my own icy light. And I brought up I brought up the uh, red eyes this time though. The full octane. Did you did you declare it? Beer. Yeah, I declared. I said, "Hey, I got I got a whole case of it in here. <laughs> I got a whole case I, of irons. I, I declared it to anybody that wanted to know. Brought my irons in case I want to do some driving. <laughs> declared it to people that didn't want to know. Yeah, just random yeah, ladies in parking lots. Yeah, he's one so of like case of irons. Got a case of irons over here. I'm working out, pumping irons." <laughs> You ever, you ever taste uh, Ohio River water right where right at its source? Oh, yeah. Right taste, at the teeth. You taste Mon water plus cigarette ashtray droppings. That's that's yeah. that's Iron City. It's the beer drinker's beer. That's, that's the Iron City Turner's tastes like an ashtray. It's a fact. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a really good trip up yeah. there. Yeah, and you know what? Also, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced the lightning striking the water really close to you, but that is no. something that you'll never forget for the rest of your life. <laughs> Was that we, when you were out with Reagan? Yeah, we were out with Reagan, and we were out in the open water, like the big water, and you could see the storm coming, and there was one other boat muskie fishing in the in the spot where we were, um, and they left and he knew who it was and he texted them and he's like, Oh, they said, you know, they just, he said, Oh, they just had missed one. They had one come off. Um, he's like, but they're leaving. <laughs> and I was like, why are they leaving? He's like, 
something about a storm, but it doesn't look like it. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then like 15 minutes later, we were full tilt going back and um, we fished a little closer and then like looked up and like, Oh, this is really happening. And I've, I've never seen water move like that in a, in a, like kind of a shelter. Like we were in the, the West Bay, but there's islands and stuff. It wasn't open water, but holy hell was that rough. And my dad and him are behind like the glass windshield. I'm in the back getting hit with a hail. I get hail on my face. Like um, lightning struck the water. He was like, Oh, that was like, you know, 500 meters away. Like, I don't know metric, but that sounds, it sounded close, you know, <laughs> well, it struck so, and he like, looked, Reagan like turned around and looked at me and I was just like, yo, like keep going. Well, no. So about a, a week, a week, maybe two weeks ahead of our trip last was, I think it was last year, right, Nick? Where. Oh yeah. The, his they had, got they had this crazy beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had this crazy storm there. The, it got hit. Their cottage got hit by lightning and that fried anything that was tied in with an elect tied in with a, an extension cord. It completely fried his like onboard computer. RIP. So, RIP yep. hot tub. Yeah. And so, it, the, Oh yeah. The hot tub was down. Like everything was down. Fried all the and routers, so, everything. Yeah. yeah, so it, it took like it wasn't until the end of the week where he could even get his boat back simply because of a lightning strike. Like that's yeah, that's what did it. They boom up there. And he he told us when he dropped us off, he's like, I've never really seen that bay get like that. And I was like, when you're a guide and you spend the amount of time you live up there, <laughs> they say that. That's why dad was like, you know, he lives up here and he said that, you know, we should have been off like an hour ago. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Dude, it's like tell me, tell me about it if you would have caught a fish, you wouldn't have tell said. Tell him anything. I too like to live dangerous. Your your dad, yeah, was, I, your dad was dropping hints on the bang and bottom charter too. We were out there and it was like getting bad. And he looked at me and he's like, "We should go back soon, right?" And I'm like, "That's up to Doug." Like three hours later, he's like, "We should, we should probably think about heading in soon, Listen, right?" Old timers, old timers. I'm Dude. telling you, they they have different stories. My uncle, my uncle Patrick, he we we play we have played a million rounds of golf together i can't even tell you how many rounds of golf we've played together and he is the very first one to be like oh dude we should get off the we should get off the course and everyone's like why are you and he was a caddy at churchill country club when he was like 17 years old and this little italian dude got fucking hit by lightning while he while they while he was caddying for him and the guy didn't die but the guy was pretty effed up and that like seared in his, like, I mean, he is so deathly afraid of lightning because of that experience. And, and it's hard to, it's seared in that to, little Italian guy's brain too. This, this oh. is funny because I didn't even put this together that the two times we went out with somebody <laughs> of fishing, they were, we were in thunderstorms and my dad was out with both and he's, he's the most, off you know even if it's in the forecast don't even go out that's how he rolls and yeah with banging bottoms we were, we were seeing like lightning and like the it was, was like a tornado riding. watch there was a tornado the watching like and it was a warning where they where people seen the tornado like it was an actual tornado my dad's hey, phone dude, was going warning's off. a little different than a watch right yeah was no, like, watch means warning's watch worse than a watch yeah warning warning means to get off the water and yeah doug goes it's safest on the water <laughs> My dad was just like, oh your dad was like right, cringing, and, and Doug's like, yeah, he just kept going. It's like pouring down rain, lightning, thunder, and I'm like, 
We're all soaking wet, and your dad is just like huddled in there, like we're gonna get off now, right? Nope. Three hours later. So imagine that on Reagan's boat, but he didn't have a canopy or anything mm-hmm. up, and my dad's just in his rain gear, like tur- kept turning around, just looking at me. <laughs> like I was like, "Hey, I'm about to drive the boat. <laughs> I'm just just financing this. I'm not doing it. I'm not in charge, you know." <laughs> but he does. He has, you know, you said about the Italian guy getting struck. He has a story like that that is nuts. We and I witnessed the aftermath of it. His a friend of his used to go to Nipissing the week before us, and then we'd actually share the same cottage. So he would do the week, and then we'd pass each other on the dock, like, "Hey, here's the keys. You know, we'll see." You. And he'd leave the night before they pat left. He had a graphite rod sitting behind his chair, and they were sitting in a covered like three seasons porch or whatever, like a screened in porch. And, um, the, you know, it's all wet, it's all wooden. And they were like, ah, it's getting stormy. Let's go inside. And they went inside the, into the cottage and the dock got struck by lightning. And it must've went up the steps into that porch and blew up the graphite rod that was behind the guy's head. And it, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a graphite rod that has exploded You'll never, that's another thing that will like, you're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, I don't want to hold that when this is it gets dangerous. Yeah. Oh, but it looked like a, it looked like a, like a huge clump three foot wide of just fibers. Yeah. It was a Splinters. handle and there was the, t- yeah. And the guy, like, it was like, seriously, a couple minutes, he got up and went inside and then it was like, boom. And then the next day we rolled up and he was like, look at this. And he was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. That that's in bur- burned in my dad's mind because he makes sure he tells that story every time we hear thunder. He told that story on the boat that day too. There you go. There you go. Big Dave. Lightning. Go. Big Dave yeah. does not like lightning. He does not. Whatever. You gotta risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, can't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. When you, when you have a personal experience, it it can fucking change you forever. So probably, probably would not enjoy me when I always throw out the. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite some time. Right, <laughs> a little Caddyshack reference. Yeah. Mm. So, Nate, you have anything else on Nipissing? Um, closing statement. Well, things you'd do differently for next year. Uh no. I think um, concentrate more on on weed lines, and I think the you know. Like I said earlier, you know, it's a it's a team sport, and just having catching fish and watching people catch fish is like really oddly a different type of way to enjoy fishing. But it but it was really really cool. And Brian, you've talked about that a ton. Um, and I mean, that was something that's new for me, and I really it was cool. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd do anything differently. I, I'm better at clearing weeds, and keep I'm gonna keep sh- hooks sharp. Because I definitely lost. That's the last one that I lost was, um, I think, a doll hook. And it was in front of a pontoon boat full of, like, college girls on the holiday weekend. And I was trying not to crash the boat into, like, the wall. And my dad thought it was the funniest thing. Because I was cussing. I mean, you were, like, like, like in, in whapping your... the water off the water. Were you flexing shirtless in front of the girls? Like, oh, shit, the rod went off. No, I didn't even know they were there. I was, like, trying not to, like, guide the boat into the into the rocks while I had a fish on. And, yeah, and it, it shook off. And I was, like, wretch of friction. You know, and they were, like, laughing. Like, he was, like, you know that pontoon boat was, like, full of, like, honeys. That's what he always says. A boat was full of honeys <laughs> going by because they thought they, they 
that was a show for them. He's like, you could have been the hero of the weekend. You know, I'm like, shut up. You know, so <laughs> it is so, yeah, impressive sharp... how how much the just running through weeds will doll hooks. Yes. And that I had no idea. I know people say sharp hooks and I like touch my finger. I'm like, that's sharp. Yeah, it it was not sharp enough. I yeah, there would have been a different scenario. So yeah, keeping hook sharp. And I'm gonna go back and do it. I think I wouldn't change much. And uh I already took my boat currently sitting at Andy's shop, getting track put onto it. That's how impacted I've been and how committed I've been to this regiment. I like it. Yeah. So tell us about that. So you, so like the trolling yeah. thing is you're, you're caught, you, it's caught, it's caught on. You're yeah. going to Andy from fat AZ and you're going to have, a- have your boat outfitted with track, right? Yeah, and I don't know. It's like a TV show where a person comes in your house and like tells you that you're living like a fool. Like I dropped the boat off, and I thought I I didn't know what to expect. We should do and a he, YouTube like you know extreme makeover. That's what it felt edition. like. Well, Andy went through my whole boat, and he was like, "Oh, he's like, I'd love to have a boat like this, the simple life, you know." And going on, like he talked about with you guys, he wished he had a smaller boat again. But yeah, he's like, "Get rid of that. Why have an anchor? You panfish." I was like, "No." I thought it was a boating requirement, you know, so he's like, he gave me a whole, my whole future of my life, you know, critique the boat. And he said, it's going to change our lives. And yeah, I'm waiting to hear back from him, go pick it up. But yeah. So he recommended go lithium, right? He said, yeah, double. He said, move my battery. The um, one that's running the trolling motor to the back and double barrel lithiums back there. And, you know, I'll be playing in up my performance. I was like, man, I I just want some track. I was going to troll. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. <laughs> no, but it was stuff to consider. I was like, yeah, I'm not there yet. You know, but he 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 gave he gave it a look over and gave me a ton of stuff to ponder. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I believe you. I was like, but the anchor's gone. I mean, that that is the first he thing. He threw the anchor out. That was the first recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, what That's are you, you pan you panfish? I was like, no. He's like, what the hell are you doing with that? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm not taking mine out of the boat. It's staying in there. Yeah. Well, mine mine is not, unless I'm gonna start pan fishing, I guess. It's a pan fishing thing. But yeah, so I'm fully committed, making another big investment, and we're gonna, you know, give it give it hell. That's, That's great, awesome, man. man. That's yeah. awesome. Well, that's that's a uh, that's a that's a an appointment that I'm gonna have to make at some point here this fall or over the winter to have Andy uh, add some some track onto my boat. But you know, I I don't know. Is that is that we'll, we'll kind of get into that? Maybe that kind of segues us into it. Does let's go. Next, let's talk about the let's talk let's about the new ride. So what? Well, I, before you start on this, like. Explain to people like you have the gymmers, you've got a pontoon. Like what? Explain yeah, why right. you're looking for. Great question. That's it's it's a because I don't think people necessarily understand like kind of like the dilemma that we have with horsepower restricted lakes. Um, it completely handcuffs your ability to buy a boat if you don't. If you have okay, so my lake. The Canada, the Canadota, the Dota, everyone's heard of that. It's a it's a 10 horsepower lake. So that is where I spend all of my time. And when I say all of my time, my free time. 
I I have my own law practice. Like free time is I have three kids. Like free time is a is a a premium. Okay. And so it's it's hard to get free time. And so it's like, all right, why would you why would you get a boat that doesn't that you couldn't even use on your lake? And that's essentially what I've done. So, you know, I have the gymmers, which I've bitched about with which I've complained about, which I love, but because it, it it serves a purpose, but I always feel like I wanted more in terms of the family being able to sit in the boat. Even my dad, my dad's 75 years old. Quite frankly, even with the leaning post on the gymmers, he doesn't feel comfortable out there. And he's told me that like you get any wind and the gymmers, like there is no, there's, <laughs> there's no room for air on the gymmers. Like if you fell down, you are in the fucking water. And I'm sorry to use the F word to for anyone that, you know, our, our listeners that don't like. We the talked F-word. about this. You might not be in the water immediately, but if you, you go to your knees and then if your momentum continues, then you're in the water. You're I'm, in the water. You're in the water pretty damn quick. If you, right. if you fall like me on the boat, you're in the water like, on the jammers. Yeah. There's there's almost no there's almost no you know wiggle room in the sense that yeah if you fell right in the middle of the boat you're fine but if that's not how it happens and quite frankly what worries me is like when I'm on the back of the boat and I because I like to fish out of the the stern and let's say Nick is at the front of the boat and I and I don't like and this might be getting way ahead of ourselves but. Uh, you know, I don't, I've said this before. I don't like the hand controls on uh, my Tarova. So things kind of like get kind of crazy at times on the jimmers and you have to like make a quick change, you know, change of direction. And on any other boat, that's not a big deal. On the jimmers, I could very easily throw Nick off that boat in in a heartbeat without him even realizing what was going on because there's nothing to stop him yeah i think that's a fair assessment so you know that's i was like all right and then okay so let's say part two to the whole equation is all right so i have a you know do i have the, the place at canadota to have a boat i was like all right so what is a, a happy medium Donnie's boat was always kind of like my, I don't, I, I don't want to say like, you know, my perfect happy medium, but it was a very, everything I see in Donnie's boat, which is the 16 foot tracker. Uh, he's got, I think he's got like a 75 on his, right? I want to say it's a 75 with, yeah, and then he added the kicker. So that, and that's, and that's the kicker. No pun intended. Unintended. Um, unintended. <laughs> that uh that with this boat that I bought, which is exactly which is basically Donnie's boat, a couple years older. I, I Donnie's is probably like a 2019 or 2020. Mine's a 2011. So it's a 2011 tracker stick. What is it? A, a Pro Guide 16 WT, and the WT means that it's got the walkthrough windshield which I kind of really dig. I know it, it, it definitely cuts down on your storage space, 
Uh, it, it certainly cuts down on your ability to move around, but with the family, I thought that in, you know, I, I just think even it just gives you more coverage. Just, you know, just. You're going to really, around. you're going to really enjoy that windshield when it's windy. Number one. Yes. And number two, you know, that gives you other options to get out of, you know, the wind, like and rain and potentially getting a bimini or an enclosure, you know, there's things that are a little bit easier with that walkthrough. And that's like, for what you want to do with it, like you can still cast, but you control, but you can also get the family in there and drive around and tow people behind the boat. It is such a more significant craft than the gymmers. And that's not a knock on the gymmers. Like the, the gymmers is a totally different type of boat. Jimmers, I would I would describe as you know almost like a a flat uh, like like a skiff mm-hmm. in a sense like where it's just like a flat it's not a flat bottom it's a flat top where it, there is no the gunnels are rail yeah, yeah there's no gunnel there's I mean it I want to say think about the quarter roll that you might have on the on the baseboard around your around your house you know in your basement that quarter roll that is about what you have on the gymmers. So if you kick something, like if you kick your rod off, that thing's fucking gone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like I've lost two rods off of the gymmers simply because there's nothing to keep them from. And if you're not constantly strapping them down, they fall off. So I don't know, man, this boat is just a big upgrade for me. It's, it's nothing fancy. But it, I guess the point of the, the the whole point of the conversation is that what's the point of me getting a say a ninety thousand dollar or even seventy five thousand dollar Ranger, you know that for most of the year would just sit on Canada Lake, and I would just run my nine nine, you know like why not buy something that kind of checks all the boxes where once I put the kicker on it I can use it at Canada. But it's not like this extreme boat, like a ranger with something crazy where I'd feel the need to constantly, you know, take it other places like this boat would. And quite frankly, with my if I have really have plans on doing this book that I've talked about in the past, this boat 100 percent checks off a box like it. It right off the bat, it checks off a box of me and it's paid for and I don't ever have to worry about it. So if I want to do this trip next year, I never in, you know, the trip I'm talking about is doing like three months up there and writing a book. Uh, You know, there are a lot of kind of hurdles that you got to get get across to to do something like that. One of which is having a crap, you know, a a boat that it can handle that type of water, but is also manageable. You know, that you can tow easily and it's, you know, it's not something that you have to just park someplace. So really, man, this boat checks a, a whole lot of boxes for me. And I am really, really, really excited about it. And Nick, you know, Nick has spent the last weekend with me. I just bought it two Thursdays ago. So, you know, last week, Nick spent, you know, the better part of an entire day with me, just kind of working on things, 
we're rewiring things. We're putting all the electronics on from, from the gymmers. My helix is on mounting the transducers. We're, you know, what else, Nick, you can kind of add, add in from there. Yeah. Just getting kind of everything swapped over and had a, like a, what is it? Power drive. I mean, go to power drive, I think on it and you switch. Okay. So that, that tracker, it, yeah, that tracker comes with like a 42 pound power drive, which is not nearly enough to, to power that, you know, the, the, a 16 foot tracker, but dude, that 42 pound power drive would do wonders on the gymmers. You know what I mean? Honestly, that's like a kind of a perfect trolling motor for a boat like the gymmers. So I got a new quick release bracket and I'm just going to take that 42 pound trolling motor, put it on the gymmers. I'm going to take my Tarova, put it on the, on the tracker. And now we have a, a Tarova with spot lock and all the fancy, fancy shit. Them, and I still have wired up. So the plugs are all the same. So you can just swap them back and forth. Right. And not even that, but now if I want to sell the gymmers, it is like, I have the helix five on it. It's got a, like a great Tahatsu nine, well, nine, nine engine on it. And, uh, and it'll have a trolling motor on it. Like it's, it's literally a, a completely functional boat. And for the meantime, until I get the kicker put on mine, I'm probably just going to keep gymmers and fish fish on that at the Dota and use the new tracker to go to Chautauqua or, you know, Edinburgh, or, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to go over and fish Conneaut. That's what I, I was going to say. You you have so many more options now. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, the one thing I'll say too, is like that boat that you bought was everything I was kind of looking for initially in a boat because, you know, for me, like the style fishing that I'm doing is mostly trolling now. And just to have that full windshield and to have that wider, you know, beam on the boat, you've got more room, you've got better storage. You've just got, it's a, it's a better layout to be able to do some of that. And I got to admit, I got to admit the storage on this one. If there is one, one complaint I would have, it would be, I don't know how I'm going to do it storage wise because there is no room. There is really very little room for like a, you know, a longer fishing rod. If you're mm. not going right, like you, I, I, I bet there's not even a, a storage locker for a seven, seven and a half foot rod. I think if you stepped on my Lumacraft and looked at the storage and then went back to that tracker, you'd be like, Okay. Yeah. You fished on my boat. I mean, I can't fit not anything in those lockers right. and we make it work. That that's why Andy told me to get rid of yeah. all my rods. <laughs> just do one. Just and fish, that's where, fish with your fingers. Just yeah. one. I think you could easily <laughs> just mount Here, fishy, like fishy. a like one of your wrap straps and set it up like in the bow in each corner by the windshield. That way you could still like secure them in and just oh, yeah, Nick, Nick, that reminds me. I have um 
straps, like uh, wrap like Velcro wrap. Those, straps those like kayaks, you know, there's like kayak straps, like to you know to hook onto in case those. I have those crappy um fish on. Oh yeah, if like we wanted to use uh, those, yeah, leashes, leashes. That's it. That's it. So you're but feeling pretty you, good but, then. Oh, dude, I'm feeling amazing, honestly, because and this is something we've talked about, and I don't want to get into like kind of like a financial, you know, discussion about things, but like I look at things in a certain way. And I'm a big believer in like if you can't afford to buy it, you don't buy it. And I've I've been I've been waiting until I found a boat that kind of checked a bunch of boxes that I could also just simply buy there thereby you know avoiding all the issues with you know financing and you know having to I, I think of things in terms of assets and liabilities and when I, I I want assets I don't want liabilities and so I have zero interest I could I could go out and I could finance a one hundred thousand dollar Ranger or one hundred thousand dollar Lund tomorrow Without question, there's no doubt in my mind. Like I, I mean, there's no question. I could go do it tomorrow, and I could be on the hook for that. And I could parade around with that boat. And what would that do? It's like I would have a a huge payment on it, and I would use it very little. So it's like. If you know, if I lived in a place where that type of a boat provided me an advantage, like business-wise or something like that, okay, I would, I would consider that. But I'm a weekend, I'm a weekend warrior by definition. Like I, I literally don't make money off of this stuff. You guys know that. Every boat, like all of our boats, are liabilities to a degree, even if it paid off even if you own that boat free and clear that boat to a degree is a it's a liability so i don't i have zero interest in going out and financing some boat that i might use here and there so i found a boat that was right in my price range that kind of checked all the boxes and now i own it and if it's a complete bust I could turn around and sell it tomorrow in what? Maybe, maybe lose. I, I, I wouldn't lose a penny. I guarantee you. Yeah. So, so that's how I look at things. I don't look at things like what can, what can I afford? I could afford, I could, I could afford to go and finance whatever the, the, the F I wanted to. It's like, that's not, that's not how you, live life if you want to have long-term happiness and success i want to i want to be happy on my boat i i honest to god guys i do not want to sit on a boat and be like man i can't imagine i can't believe how much i owe for this thing the first time you bang it off a rock you'll be like oh dude oh my (laughs) god i cannot believe i cannot imagine doinking a boat like that no well, I, I gotta say like the the can the concept here is to me makes a lot of sense and 
you know, the reason I decided aside from, you know, conversations with, with my wife, like the reason I decided to buy used was because of that approach that you just said, like I was listening to you talk about these five-year plans and looking at things like an asset versus a liability. And like, honestly, for guys like us that, that get out maybe once or twice a month, if that, or less, like, why would I want to have a two, three, $400 boat payment? You know, like right. if I, if I fished every weekend or if I had, you know, a lure business that I was selling lures and, you know, and making, you know, additional income and things like that, then, you know, maybe you, you splurge a little, you know, and it makes sense. But for, for my lifestyle, it didn't. And, and having what you said there about owning it free and clear, you, you know, you can afford to fix things when they break. Right. And, and you can also, you know, if a time came, you own it free and clear, you could sell it and get if most you, right. of If you return. found, if you found another boat, like, okay, so that's how I look at the Jimmers is like, okay, I paid in total transparency. I paid $6,000 for the Jimmers back in 2020. It had no electronics on it. It had actually, it had the trolling motor that you now have, right? Yep. So that's the troll. That's the power drive that was on it, which is, I think that was a, what's a 50, 55 pound. That's a 55. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, it's a decent trolling motor. Um, So I bought it for $6,000 and, and the main thing was that it had a Tahatsu that was, you know, had low hours on it and Tahatsus were something that I was, you know, I really wanted. So for six grand, I got a boat, you know, I had to put a lot, I, I bought a new Tarova. I bought all new helixes, you know, you name it. I put a bunch of money into it, but at the end of the day, it's still the same boat. You know, it's still a, a, a flat top boat that I wasn't going to get any further with, so to speak. Um, and you know, you get a, you have an opportunity to upgrade for only a couple thousand dollars more it's like, why wouldn't you, you know? So I upgraded from that boat for $6,000 with total transparency to this tracker for $10,000. And I hope to sell, I don't want to make money on the Jimmers, but I'd hope to sell it for about $6,000 because it's going to have a Helix five on it, which is better than, than what was on it. And it's going to have the power drive on it. And it's going to have the Tatsu that, that has been amazing, you know, and so if I could if I could sell that for six thousand dollars, which is what I paid for it, I mean, dude, I just upgraded for four thousand dollars. Like couldn't how you, couldn't you take the Tahatsu? Because you said you wanted to maybe think about a kicker as a tiller. Yes, I've thought about that. I've thought about totally cannibalizing the Jimmers and taking the the Helix five off of there and just taking the hot Tahatsu off. But it's like, you know, then that then that's then what do I do with the hull? You know, it's like what the Jimmers is a good boat, you know, for for small waters. If it had it's going to still have a trolling motor, it's going to have a Helix five on it. And it's going to have the Tahatsu, which is a 1520, which is but marked as a nine nine, which no one has ever questioned. So. You know, it's like, yeah, I could probably take that engine off yes i i definitely could but it's like then what do i do with the other at the asset that i've 
Well, I'm just thinking about the financial aspect of it because you're going to spend five, six grand for a kicker right now. Easy. So you're talking about Easy. getting full. You're talking about getting a five or six grand out of the gymmers. But if you take that motor off and put it on the the tracker, you could feasibly still sell that gymmers for two grand and still be, you know, you're you're basically paying for your kicker and then getting some additional cash from it. Now I don't know if I don't know how many people would yeah. buy it without it without a a motor on it but right and th- and that you know. that's the question is that i was thinking and, and and again like i appreciate these conversations because you're kind of playing the devil's advocate because i've i've always had in my head that if i want to sell this the jimmers i need to have it in working, working order. order like yeah like a trolling motor some type of electronics and a running outboard but there, there's and, also electric only lakes out there that they, they guys fish like a high point, you know, out my way. Um, there's all these other little, uh, you know, the bass guys, like these little 50 acre impoundments that are electric only, you know, like right. they might want something like that to buzz around on with 1500, 2000 motor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the market. You guys know that, but I'm just saying like to play devil's advocate. I mean, you never know. Somebody may want to pick that up for, and even if you got fifteen hundred or two grand for it without the motor, I mean, I guess the question is: is like how how difficult of a job would it be to unhook that whole thing? That's what because, I don't know. Because yeah, I mean, Nick and I were messing around with the tracker, and it didn't take us long to get to, to get something stuck in there with all the wiring. Yeah, like. Well, I mean, that's just something you got to analyze and research and, and kind of weigh yeah. that. But I, I wouldn't, oh, dude, I would, I would, oh, dude, I would, I would kill to have my kicker put on the tracker because my kicker is a 15, 20, not a nine, nine. And I mean, it's the thing yeah. has been nothing but, but great to me. You could but, always, but again, to anyone listening to this that wanted to buy the, buy the Jimmers, the Tahatsu, like I've bitched about the Jimmers a lot. The Tahatsu is 100% the thing that has never been an issue. The only issue has been me and my dumbass wiring shit, which I've actually now figured out. So uh, the Tahatsu is, I would, I would 100% put my Tahatsu on the tracker if I could. And I will look into that because that would make a shitload of sense. Dude, if you do that, invest in Canadota and just sink the gymmers and make an artificial reef. That's right. Just write it right down there. Put it out there at the at the 35, 35 foot mark. Do yeah. you know what put the it right in my way for? Horsepower it's rated wise? rated for horsepower wise. I want to say like 40, maybe, maybe 60. Yeah. 40. 40, I want to say. Yeah, 40. I mean, that's either way, dude. I mean, I, I understand why you would go after that tracker. I mean, when it's, I saw the pictures, dude, when that boat came up, dude, when that boat came up and, and I tell my wife this all the time, like when it comes to big purchases, I can be kind of obsessive compulsive. You know, oh, I yeah. will like, I will look at things when it comes to, when I buy a car, I buy all my, my vehicles pre-owned, you know, same thing. I will wait. I will wait. I will wait until the right pre-owned vehicle comes up. And when that thing comes up, 
I don't give a shit what I'm doing that day. Like I'll, I'll tell my wife like, okay, I'm going to the dealership because that car is there. And cause I know what I want, you know? And as soon as I sat on that boat with Donnie the first time last year, whatever, whenever it was like, I was like, man, this boat kind of like checks all the boxes size wise. You know, you, it's not overwhelming size wise. You can trailer it easily. Like dude, this tracker trailered so nicely with my boat. I mean, with my, with my car, I loved it. And now knock on wood, obviously, but, uh, I don't know, man. It just, it really, it checks, it checks a lot of boxes for me and I can now fish a lot of places that I couldn't fish before. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Like Nick was saying about options earlier, like just to be able to get out on Chautauqua now being that close to it. Yeah. I mean like my cabins, my place is 50 minutes from Chautauqua. That boat's going to handle that North wind a lot better than the Jimmers would. There's no doubt in my mind. So right now, like the plan is, is like, you know, until I get the kicker put on, like the Jimmers is going to stay at Canadota and, you know, the tracker will stay in the driveway, which, you know, it's just taking up just driveway space. And if I want to take it to Chautauqua, take it to, you know, Conneaut, easy peasy. And realistically, you could easily fish Canadota just running on electrics only. Yeah, right. Could do that. Right. Like it takes nothing to cast around the whole lake and on electric. No, no, yeah, that's true. We've done that. We've done that yeah, on multiple two hours, like maybe in a two hour, two hour span, right? I tried to do it. <laughs> Back I in the spring. Put, I put the nine nine on mine to do it. Yeah. I tried to do it, then I couldn't release uh, the trolling motor. It was oh. stuck. You remember that? Yeah. The other nice thing about your boat, too, though, is that, I mean, the the big issue we had getting over, I mean, if you remember back with when I started the whole trolling conversation in general was, do I really want to drill holes into the hull of this, like, brand new boat? And, like, getting over that. And after this last trip, like, I'm going to be drilling holes to install, like, a rod holder, like, to store them, you know, vertically. And, I mean, with the, with the boat you have, like, that's not a big issue at all. Like, yeah, like that's, that's you know, you're, that that whole barrier of like, oh my god, this investment, and I I bought this and it's brand new, and I have to keep it that way. Like, I don't know. I feel like you won't even have that that thought process. Any any issues with rod storage, or I want to put track on? Like, why not? Why you know, I can just go do it. So that that's, that that's cool too. That's what it is. So nice with that, whatever extruded gunnel that has the track built right into it you know you have to get the adapters which are kind of expensive but it's just an easy you know bolt on bolt off no uh no harm done so that's what i want to learn is like kind of like i mean i've only minimally looked into the types of you know bracketing and things that you can actually hook onto that because it's not it's kind of a weird, weird system, but I, I, I definitely, Nick, have you looked into the, uh, the helix mounts for that tracking system? No, I haven't like to mount into the, 
No, I didn't. No, just to like, just to like, like, like mount your helix nine or ten. Let's say you're fishing from the bow. Like you can put it into. Oh, you that, could easily do that. Just like, like with sliding. You'd probably need two of the brackets to like go on each side of the the helix base. But, I mean, you could definitely do that. Okay. Options, man. Yeah. There's lots of options there. Honestly, I'm really excited to get the kicker mounted in my kids. You know, it's, it's hard to get the kids to go out on the jimmers because it's it it doesn't feel sturdy. You know, even though my kids love to be in the water and everything, it just it just it, it just, you know, it doesn't feel like the tractor. The tracker is a legit boat. You know what I mean? mean like the tracker is something that the kids can hop in and then go swim off of it's got it's got swim ladder on the back you know it's a legit we now have two boats at canadota once i get the kicker put on yeah because we have the the pontoon boat yeah what are you gonna name it i'm still working on that one we might have to we might have to yeah we might have to have a maybe a listener Contest on suggestions. suggestions. Yeah. But, Listen, uh, really, but yeah, I I'm a, a big organic guy. You just said it tonight. Organically. Nothing fancy. It ain't nothing there fancy. It is. Real not, real big not, cursive letters on the on the back. Nothing fancy. Just well, no, uh someone someone else said <laughs> I, I think one of our one of our listeners had suggested that I should name it honest work. Because I'd posted oh. like, you know, it ain't much, but it's honest work. Honest work, there it is. Hey, while we're while we're on the topic of of listeners, we had somebody here that caught a nice fish on a big O's recently. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up because You're our welcome. main man, Dennis McDonough, list longtime listener, and uh, just a just a, a honestly just a like a a good guy supporter of the brand. He's the best. And I he love just Dennis. he catches fish best. too, man. Like you know, talk about a guy that. And he likes to fish the single bladed, just what he catches them on is just the single bladed fluted Indiana uh, bucktail. Really the same thing that remember when uh, SB fishing, yep, like that, that smoke perp. Oh, uh, yeah. I got it, the sister of it, baby. Yeah. So basically Dennis's is, is that same, the same bait, but in like kind of a Christmas tree pattern. And so in, Actually, I believe Absolute Unit Media, they are the guys that got the the sister pattern of that one. So you want to talk about, you know, you know, the, the wand of Voldemort versus, uh, you know, the, the one that Harry Potter got. So, <laughs> you know, muskies by Dennis. Muskies by Dennis. Muskies by, by Dennis. Dennis. Dennis is one of my favorite guys because you know what? He just will stop by the, the booth and he's got stories and he's got pictures to back it up. And, you know, just like just one of these guys, like you just kind of want to hang out with more. Oh, dude, I you love, know, like at the lore swap, he'll sit with Dan and I like, there. Uh, mm-hmm. dude, I love Dennis. He's my guy. I hope he's Absolutely. listening to this right now. So he knows oh, how much oh, he will be. Guy. He will be at some point and he will be at some point. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. So thank you for, thank you for reminding me, Ryan, because I didn't want to, uh, he sent me that picture today. And uh, if you, I'll put it on the Instagram, if I haven't already listed it on the Instagram, 
on my Instagram, not the Instagram, like the Facebook. Like uh, the Lamont. The La- <laughs> <laughs> so we never, we like never really even say like, if you follow, if you don't follow our, our, my only real social media account is Instagram. Uh, you know, Ryan does a little bit more on Facebook. I don't know. Nick does much of anything. Uh, He's a manager he, of our Musky Hunks account on Instagram. That's right. <laughs> He's got that, that joint account. He's he gave him the keys. Would anybody else want to take it? <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, no. We barely can even yeah, podcast. Yeah. I know we, we have a hard time getting people together to to, to record a podcast, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know where we we're even going with that. I don't know, but I got one more thing I want to talk about real quick since I was out on the water on Sunday. I have to say this because I feel like you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but do you guys feel like in the industry, like the bait industry, just talking lures here, Every year, new lures come out. Every year, you got new makers making different shad baits or jerk baits or whatever the case is, right? You guys ever feel some of the older lures, like, sometimes they just get, I want to say, like, cold or, like, people don't go back to those baits that have caught fish for years and years and years and years because they want to get all the new stuff that's coming out with the new colors and the new patterns and the new, you know, glitter paint and all this like cool stuff that comes out every year. Do you ever feel like baits like kind of do cycles where people just won't use them because they're old or older? I hope I catch when I catch a 50, I want it to be on a a Husky daredevil. (laughs) All my people out there trolling daredevils. I see you. The big one. That's a big one. That's a good one, dude, because spoons catch a lot of muskies and guys don't use spoons. I used to go up and just my, my had a plano box that was just full of black and orange, um, booker tails and daredevils and every finish and daredevil possible. And that's all I would fish. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't thrown a daredevil, but that's to that point, like, Hey, that's old fashioned technology. Ins remember to Dr. Spoons. Nick, you remember to Dr. Spoons, right? He's just checking back in. He's checking back in. He had to pee. You remember to Dr. Spoons, Nicholas? He said, oh, yeah. (laughs) You can't hear him. Yes, I do. (laughs) Well, so I brought brought up this point where I feel like sometimes baits go in waves where, like, all this new stuff floods the market and people just don't use, like, the older stuff. So, so is that is that I fair? Think, I I think yes, absolutely. I think it's fair, but I think what is amazing is when, when you fish with guys like you've spent a lot of time with Todd Lee at party now. You know, like is he changing things up? No, he's fishing the same things that work. When we go to Canada, how surprised are we when you know when we were up there in you know, okay, what is Reagan running constantly? Perch baits. Not even new perch baits. Like, they could be perch baits. The the, the perch bait that we caught numerous muskies on had a freaking missing treble. 
on the hook. And I kept saying, Reagan, why don't we, you know, change that? It's like, no, dude, it's lucky. Like you're, so, it's going. Just put it I'm, back out. Owen, it's like, I'm so, glad so you. No, brought, I think that I'm glad you brought that up because what I wanted to bring up was the fact that I believe that the Legend Perch Bait is the most underutilized crankbait on the market. I would 100% agree, and that is in my very limited. It's by my my. You don't think it's under? Experience. Well, I want to. I want to have this argument because. Nick, I, I know that there's a ton of people that that run perch baits. I know, right. it. and there's they run them all over the country, right? Canada, down south. That's what I'd say. It's like under celebrated. That might be a better term. Everybody, everybody yeah, wants to go better. for that the new hotness instead of the, you know. Now, the undeniable, undeniable got, legend. We got two fish on Sunday on perch baits the same perch bait and i'm arguing so the lake well the lake you were at was you know probably sees a fair bit of perch baits but like like you go to pimatuming i've done well on perch baits there and i feel like they are not utilized there very often and i that's kind of what i was getting at because like you know the guys that i that we all see on social media that are catching fish in our area. I'm not going to speak for all over, but in our area, I see a lot of, you know, the typical Wiley's and the typical Leo's and the Baker's. And I very rarely see grandma fish. Right. I very rarely see perch bait fish. Something is, I think I should probably bring up is that I I was just starting in the musky, you know, world the whole term perch bait totally threw me off. Like, cause I'm myself. It's something that looks like a perch or it's live bait or it's, it's, it's a perch bait. Like it's, you know what, but you look at it and it's like, okay, that's, that's, that's a crank bait. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even have a perch necessarily a perch like shape. So I was like, okay, so so for our listeners, when we're saying perch baits, it's a very specific thing. You know, like this is a bait that it's a boyer perch bait. And legend. there's a jointed perch bait. Let's, perch let's, bait. Get legend. The, let's get the nomenclature right. right. It's a legend lures <laughs> legend perch you. bait. Thank you. Made by Brian Boyer. Right. I got to stop for a second. Nate, did you just have a giant crash of lightning outside of your house? Yeah, did you see it in the window? Well, at the same I time, saw it in the camera. I had a good at one here. At the same time, I had the same thing, dude. My whole office lit yeah. up blue. I should dude, be out on the water. I just had <laughs> a thunder crack here that like shook my house, man. Now we're like we're like thirty to forty miles apart right now. I was the same one, and all three <laughs> of us lit up like a freaking Christmas tree oh, on that same yeah, like crazy. I saw it in the window and the camera behind me. I didn't hear it. I just was like, what the fuck was that? Or I mean, what the flip was that? And I, I just got to say, I'm proud of you guys for trying not to swear. You at least made I am, an effort. I am going to try not to swear. I really am. I'm at least made an not effort. To swear. And See, I, just wanted... I, I just have my dogs like freaking out upstairs because <laughs> I went up there and there's like a possum sitting on my front porch. And, I'm like, what? <laughs> and Rufus is going crazy. Not even Rufus doesn't even care. Penny is freaking out. 
she wants out there. If you guys wake up the baby, I am going to kill you. I'm gonna whoop that ass. That that was my that was my thing. I just wanted to like say something about these older baits that have literally put more muskies in the boat. Like grandma is one of the greatest fishing lures of all time. And I just never see it. Yep. And I think that's a hundred percent of social media bias. Yeah, I agree. You mean those bait companies are like tried and true. Neither one of them are even on social media that I'm aware of. Right. And you know, I mean, nobody posts about them. Nobody, they just don't have that um, like cycle activated, but you know, I mean, they're in everyone's boxes. All those guides have them and run them and catch fish on them. You just don't. Well, you you wonder where the shift is from a bait like a swick that that still does get like I feel like social media stuff, and that's like such an old school like right. bait to me. You know, so where did where did they adapt and kind of remold themselves or or say, hey, we're gonna tap into this where, versus where. Yeah, because like Owen, like you said, like until I fished with Reagan, I had no idea what a perch bait was. And he was like, This is a perch bait. And I was like, the color or like right. what's the lure? Like yeah, what, and I how do you the bait I had, and the one that I sent you after I got back, like I, I like had a hell of a time like finding where to even get one. I was like, I don't even know what it is. You know, a legend perch bait. Like, is it cause it caught a lot of fish? Like I didn't know that was the name of the brand. Like, yeah. So I mean Right. Yeah. I mean you're thinking, okay, is it a a, a bait? Looks like a perch is it a perch color is it a perch pattern you know can i ask and, you guys hey, i want to ask one more question yeah. though i gotta ask this sure you can just an opinion creek chub creek and chub it, it, okay it might be creek, what, creek chub if you guys had one one lure that you would consider the greatest musky lure of all time what would that be i'm going with a wily Wiley Lures, six inch deep diver, also known as a fat body, okay. which is actually like eight inches long. That's a pretty good one, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. I would probably be thinking something similar. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm, I'm going a bucktail, like a, a double 10 bucktail. I don't care if it's made by musky mayhem i don't care if it's made by musky munchies or you know spanky baits or See, whatever that, that has it's, argument there too because that it's a particular tail. yeah but that 100 like, that that bait like changed the market though yeah absolutely so. like you guys can everyone can have everything else like i'll take a double bladed bucktail from any manufacturer i don't give a shit who it is it's not got it doesn't have to be a big O's. Doesn't have to be a Dadson. Like you give me a bucktail, that's my bait, and you guys can have everything else. And I and I I will. It's it's kind of like the whole the whole thing where they they used to have odds of Tiger Woods versus the field, bucktails versus the field. All right, they're Tiger. All right, that's a good one. I'll give you that, Nate. I mean, my gut, my gut wants to say a Booker tail, but I know the real answer is going to be a LaBeouf creeper. There you go. The LaBeouf creeper. That's the only one that could, that's the only one that could raise up old Moss back. So (laughs) (laughs) I can't disagree with that one either. I was just curious. Hey, and for all my guys, so in the LaBeouf creeper still, I see you. 
I see. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Keep I creeping. See, I see it, guys. Yins hey. is loved. If you ain't sleeping, you're creeping. <laughs> Let's meet down Donzies. Have a little, have a little <laughs> listener meetup. It's come meet us down Donzies. Donzies in a strip. Down the waterfront. Down, down the strip. Oh, uh, we're at least finishing strong on this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I would yeah, say if no. I if, if I had to pick one, I would probably also go with the Wiley. So, and it would probably be a fat body, but I know a lot of guys don't even take the time to look at them. All right. So before we finish up, you know, Nick and I, we're going to be leaving here soon. I I really think that the two of us should sit down and and kind of go through our boxes and say, here's what we're going to take trolling wise. Here's, here's what we're going to take because, you know, I don't want to take my entire box of Wiley's that I've never even run and, you know, when Nick has stuff that he knows and and they might be Wiley's, you know what I mean? Like uh, they're going to be Wiley's or whatever good baits that he knows the, the, the depths and whatnot, where I don't have that experience. So part of me says, oh, and why are you even going to bring your shit? Like leave the trolling box to Sir Nicholas. Well, you and- guys at least please take one freaking Wiley King up there and troll it fast. That's all I, know, I, I ask. Have, I know I've I have one Wiley. Take king. that one that that king that you got at Max and take it up yeah. there and run it at five miles an hour. Absolutely, I, t- I, took- I, I will. I will tell you that I, I will give that a half an hour. Absolutely. I took a bunch of. Uh, where are they? Eleven inch kings, mm-hmm. the big ones, the biggest ones he makes. Yeah. And I've never had a hit on one yet, but I think it's a time time in the water game. That's like all well, the old the thing, stories that they, they, Dale used to tell about going to Canada. Big and, and fast. Big and fast. Like it's gotta it's gotta be a thing. And that's what I definitely this, have more luck over five in Canada than I do here. Like over five miles an hour. I tried to tell Nate. I told him. Speed kills. You gotta be as fast as this new uh, boat yeah. is going to o- open up so many opportunities for me and Nick this year just to fish different parts of the lake that we never would have been able to fish. Uh, dude, I'm so I'm you so t- pumped up about this. You took a rental boat to the open water and Reagan we showed did. me where you went. And that was terrifying to think. About. Oh, we liked <laughs> did, the he show, did he show you how far we go? Oh, yeah. Dude. Yes. We... And I was like, my dad was like, what? And he was like, they oh, took yeah. a rental boat. He's like, Reagan's like, yeah, I was like, the boat looks like one of my boats. <laughs> it, was, it was those two knuckleheads dragging through the water. 100%. 100%. Oh, we did it. 100%. That boat will go 27 miles an hour. Yep. In case you were wondering. 27 wow. was pretty good, man. Yeah, that's cook. That is cooking. Dang. It was like glass when we went out there, too. Right. It was as calm as anything I've ever been on. Like, we never, okay. ever, ever would have even contemplated doing that if the, if the, you know, the forecast wasn't, yeah, as we were out the middle, like, we were out the middle west bay. And it was like, eh, we, my, we, my dad was disgusted. He was disgusted by the going. prospect. He was, yeah, he he was like, "What? You had you had Dude, cans of gas in the boat, didn't you?" Yeah, it took some. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we took jerry cans. Yeah, we're doing some stopwatch trials and you know weighing gas cans, make sure we're we're not going to be stranded. 
I was Listen, the one. You're panicking. not going to do that now. I was the one panicking. I'm like, Nick, are are you sure? Like, this is enough. Like, we're, dude, like we're going way out there. I'm like, are you sure this is enough? He's like, yeah, dude, this is fine. We're fine. We're good. Trust me. How far sure, out did sure, you guys sure enough, go? He was all right, dude. Like this is 20 miles. Storm. 20, 20 plus miles. Yeah. 20, 20, I think 24 miles, miles comes to mind. Yes. You went to 20. You went 20. This is perfect dude. storm. Yeah. Dude, and if you if you saw in the a rental type boat. Of water they went in the rental boat, you'd be like, you're flipping nuts. <laughs> you're flipping nuts. Again, it's that was only because yeah. it was dead calm. Right. Listen, it was dead calm when Reagan took us out, and then we got chased off the water by a tremendous thunderstorm that wasn't in the forecast. So you guys are nuts. <laughs> oh, and you put it that way. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Reagan's staying way out there. I, t- I told Andy. Yeah, I, I can't even tell you. It's a, okay. So it is a, it's a, it's a half, it's a, it's, it's about a half an hour ride at, 25 miles per hour to get to the main lake and then where we were going out into the main lake was another half an hour plus so i mean you're talking about pretty significant travel time you know what i mean like it's not like it's not like oh let's just buzz over here it's like all right we're gonna we're gonna buckle down an hour pinned Yes, we're not, going. But it, Ryan, you don't understand. They're not like passing marinas or like no, I know. Other I oh, no. or lodges. There's you're like in no man's land. I mean, there we might ran, be a, a boathouse you could pull into in a store, but you're just cruising. Like we nuts. ran like from Detroit all the way down to the Thames last year, and right. that was a freaking haul. And I don't, I don't know that that was twenty. I don't know if it is twenty miles or not. Was it in a rental boat? No, it was in a freaking Leo's Ranger. That's what I'm saying. Ranger. Like, in a rental boat out, out there. Like Leo's boat I love was it. a lot quicker than 25 miles an hour. It was uh, so unbelievable. The full, yeah, the 24 full miles. I just measured it. The full windshield is going to make a big difference. Oh, yeah. In terms of those, those types of runs. We sip in our um, Oh, yeah. Yens are going to get 26 Bimini. next time. Half and half. Well, we had it. We had it almost up to thirty. We right. had the tracker almost up to thirty, and that was on Edinburgh, where you can you can only go in like, constantly in a turn. Yeah, so like you you couldn't even get a like a real good sustained flat out, flat out. So I'll I'll bet we're getting thirty. Said thirty, maybe. Yeah, if, I'll, if I'll bet thirty. Same with that, like dead calm. You can kind of trim up, really squeeze. Which, it. quite honestly, thirty is fine. I mean. Dude, right. I am not used to. I mean, on it, even in like a, a a really good boat. What you're lucky to get fifty if there's any chop. Like, I mean, like if it's total glass, you can get God knows what. But you know, if there's even in a big boat, you get a little bit of chop. That makes a significant difference in your miles per hour. Right. Yins are nuts. They're nuts. Flipping nuts. Yo, we're doing it again this year. As long as we get a day where we can do it. Dude, I, I honestly, man. It's all about watching the weather. Yeah. Wind, weather. Ever tell it's you, early in the morning. I want to make I'm we're gonna make that run. Ever tell you about my neighbor? 
he went over did his he, wife. Did he, he went, tell us where he touched you. He went over. He went over his wife on Sunday morning before a Steeler game. Stripped all his clothes off, painted his whole body black and gold. She looked at him <laughs> and she said, "You're nuts. You're nuts." And he says, "Honey, I ran out of paint." <laughs> Love you, black and gold. Love you, black and gold. Go Steelers. R.I.P. Frank. Here we Steelers. Here we go. It's that time of year, baby. Can it fix it? Here we go. On that note, I'm just gonna slowly back away. We had to we had to close. Homer Simpson back into the hedges. I know this isn't a swearing podcast, but like the like like the strip district shirt says, if you don't if you don't bleed black and gold, take your bitch ass home. <laughs> I love it. Bleep that. No, we ain't bleeping anything. Ain't no need to bleep that shit. All right. We just can't say the F word. That's what all I asked you. That's it. <laughs> I felt attacked by word. that. You should feel attacked, I guess. Single singled out. Yeah, I was like, he could have just said it to me directly if he thought that. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> say was, I feel hey guys. honestly, I feel kind of singled out because I I feel like I use the F word probably more than anyone else. All I said, of, this is part of my culture. Can't you just watch dude, the F word? If you came into my office, honestly, if you came to my office and didn't use the F word, I'd probably be like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's a narc. Why are you here? He's a narc. Are you? Yeah. Like, are you a cop? Yeah. Okay. Problem solved. All right. I gotta go address whatever's <laughs> going on upstairs. <laughs> All right, Nick. Good night, right. man. See you guys. I'll, I'll see, see you this you. weekend. Yep. Bye, Nicholas. He's a narc for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's a cop. Cop. Oh yeah. yeah. From uh, the guy who's not a cop. Go ahead. <laughs> What else have we got uh, here tonight? I'm Owen, about tapped out. Congrats I do, do want to say back to the. No, I am. I, I am uh, for our listeners. I am like legit pumped as shit about this boat because I really it's good. It it may free me up. It, it it's it's one step towards me writing a book. If anyone has like I don't give a shit. If anyone cares, negative, positive, that's something I want to do in my life, and that's part of it. Next year, I hope to do that. Maybe I will do some type of crowdfunding um, at some point for that. My wife and I were actually just talking about that tonight over dinner. Like, you know, like if you were like, okay, if everyone was like, okay, $25 and that got you a, a copy of the book right there. $40 gets you a signed copy of the book, you know. $75 gets, you know, like whatever the, the investment level gets you, you know, a signed copy of the book plus, uh, you know, plus a, a, a big O's Bucktails. Maybe like a hand job from Nate Bud, you know, it's some, something just, like that. I was just um, wondering I, what I could get. It's called a squeezer, but yeah. <laughs> this is off the rails. That's a, that's a cool concept. And for somebody that doesn't, uh, go in on raffles very often i think <laughs> i don't even know where i'm going oh, with this honestly i'm exhausted oh and that's these are the these are the things we talked about at the uh when i came up to canada with the family weekend. i know 
This is well, no, this, we, in, in, we had a master plan. This is it. You know, my happening. dad. You know, my dad, my dad is, is working on the, uh, don't, like we're doing don't the painting. spoil it. Yeah. We're not going to spend, not going to spoil it. Bleep that listeners. Yeah. Bleep that listeners. Uh, or maybe that will be the teaser. Le, le tickler. Look, the Lamont. <laughs> the Lamont. The Latrobe. The Latrobe. I did, I did want to say before it goes completely off the rails, you, when you brought up fat bodies, that I did make my wife stop at the bake store on the way home from Iowa. That I'm gonna crown. tell your wife that you just used her in the same sentence with fat bodies, and uh, come it's on, a, it's a classic lore. It's a classic lore. That's a great. Let's stop. So is it t- t- <laughs> just real quick, tell tell us what you got at Mark's Bait and Tackle. Yeah, because I didn't re- I didn't reveal what it was. Only the poorly made musky memes. He. Uh, some people reached out and wanted to know what I went for, and I only told him. But it was a black and gold uh, fat body, black perch Ooh. with a gold belly, and it looks so sexy. Vegas baby, cha-ching. I hate, I hate to break your, burst your bubble, but you also told me what you bought too. Well, yeah, but you're my controlling <laughs> guy. Like that, I told you everything. He's like, you hey, yeah, you're right. I, I did told, tell you. I sorry. I only told uh, musky memes. Poorly oh, made yeah. musky memes. <laughs> right. No, but that, yeah. Thanks for everybody that, that helped push that. I showed her the results. It was like, Instagram says I have to go. I love how was, I love how Chase and Tails 412 is becoming an Instagram thing. Yeah, is it? Great. I don't think so. Becoming it's, an Instagram personality. You're going to be an influencer pretty soon in the musky world. If, you, mm-hmm. if I'm not careful. If I'm not going. I don't want that. If you're not careful. I going to say. You keep you keep sticking your nose in places. You're gonna be an influencer pretty soon. Listen, yeah, they can influence some new rod holders on my boat. Then. <laughs> Good luck with that, bud. I'm not. I don't not. You're I do not make you ain't making no money on YouTube. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't want that. There is no money to be made on YouTube. There ain't. You spend more make, money making videos. Ain't making shit. It's helping. It's helping keeping my personal Instagram page clean because I just want to post fishing stuff, and my family's like, "You got to stop." The only way you, said, make you know what I'm making my own one. I'm not telling you what it's called. The only that's what, and I, I love it. You're like organically, you are becoming a thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a thing. I think I like it, and it's I'm, a way to. It's an outlet for repressed energy that I don't know what to do with. I think I love Nate, Bud, Nate Bud. Cutting wood, wooden fish in my basement and drinking icy lights. This is now where I'm at. In 12 months, you're going to have a YouTube channel with paid only <laughs> content. <laughs> yeah, it's called subscriber ang- only. It's called Angling PA with Nate Bud. <laughs> He's be like, today on the. Today on the paid YouTube channel, like OnlyFans content, he's gonna Smash start subscribe. He's gonna say, "What's up, Yuns guys?" Hey, I, my family are Yunsers. I will say that we're oh, not Yunsers. It's a th- my, real thing for all my South Hills honeys. You know what's up? Yunsers is where it's at. Yuns, Yuns is a thing. Yeah. And if you if you hit the uh, while playing Indian ball, if you hit the wiffle ball into Nana's yucca plants, mm-hmm. Yuns was gonna fish them out real quick. 
Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Oh yeah, I have I I had an Aunt Lorraine that was a 100% Yunzer. Like Yun's Yun's better be careful back here. For all Yun's fishing them Canada crawlers or the uh LeBeouf creepers, I see you. Yun's keep better creeping. be careful. Yun's keep creeping. <laughs> I think I'm just going to end it on that. Keep all creeping. Right, on. Keep all creeping, right. hon. Keep creeping on. All right, boys. All right, boys. See ya. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> See ya, boys. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play. O don't play.